0: Yeah, yo, Yeah, yo, More la la. Yeah, yo. This better have my money. Y'all should know me well enough. This better have my money.
1: Play down. Well, I, come on, Venom. I, I need you. I gotta ride my motorcycle dangerously. And yeah. Then Venom's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I've never felt this way before.
0: <laughs> I didn't realize that I had heart.
1: I didn't, I didn't realize that cookies were so delicious. <laughs> Who did, did? Did Frank Oz do Cookie Monster originally? I i
0: don't know. I want to say yes. Doesn't
1: that seem I'm like, sure. or, or was it, I don't know, my um, Sesame Street lore at all. There, there's got to be uh, Sesame Heads, right? <laughs> Sesame Sticks? Sesame Sticks. What are they called? Um, there's got to be people that are into that, right? Yeah. Uh, t- 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 Workshoppers? To CT, CTWers sure children's television workshop
0: yes um, probably same people who are into like Muppets and stuff like that like
1: Jim yeah. you
0: think don't think so
1: I think there's a big overlap but I don't think they're the same all right I think in the crescent edge of both of those circles there are people like it's not it's not the real thing <laughs> not the real thing all right yeah I think Bird can show up on Muppet Show but that's never. It's not canon. <laughs> or Kermit can teach a kid the letter B, but right, it's not.
0: It's not. It's not Sesame Street.
1: Keep your chocolate. K- keep your googly-eyed chocolate out of my felt what? peanut butter. <laughs> That's what I say. No, I, I mean like it's just it's very. I just it reminds me of Deep Space Nine. It's just Odo's from a gooey planet. He is, and he's <laughs> not accepted. Yes. And Venom is kind of the same way.
0: Yes. Maybe Venom they was both taken away from his planet. Have at a young age. Or ignore problems.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just want to get like all the gravelly voiced characters will have a gravel off, like a voiceover off or something, you know. So you've got like, Brock. you've got like, well, I'm Odo and I'm the constable. Right. And you've got, I'm Venom. You should say something nice. He was, like, really uh, backing up Eddie Brock there. Yeah. He's like, that that was hurtful. Why'd you say that to your girlfriend? (laughs) Compliment her wig.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she'd really like that.
1: (laughs) Well, Venom is uh, doing pretty good still uh, this year, but not great. Or Um, this uh, weekend. Yeah. It had a uh, 56% drop off.
0: That's a pretty huge drop off.
1: It's not huge. Don't say huge. It's typical of blockbusters, oh, right. especially late in the uh, blockbuster season. But uh, the funny thing is that Star is Born, the Gaga vehicle, only had a 33 percent drop off. So oh. Gaga's actually catching up on Venom. Venom, oh, but really? watch whatever he calls his back,
0: <laughs> his gooey, gooey back. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't know if that's gonna. They, it's gonna, one's gonna overtake the other. Um, mm. Venom got another thirty-five million dollars this weekend, and Gaga got twenty-eight. So okay. you have to think that this is the effect of word of mouth. Yes. Although I've seen Venom word of mouth go in both directions, mm-hmm. like a Venom symbiote. Right. Um. But you know, hurt some hurt, some help, some hurt. It wasn't yeah. all bad. Right. Uh, whereas Lady Gaga feedback has been universally positive.
0: I think you're going to get people who are not just Lady Gaga fans. I think you're going to get Lady Gaga boyfriends? fans. You're going to get boyfriends? Yeah, you're going to get boyfriends. <laughs> and you're going to get gonna get ladies who just like watching romantic comedies or what have you or romantic movies.
1: And you're going to get rubberneckers who are like, number four, huh? We're going to do this right. one more time around. Right. Might get this one.
0: Yeah. We're going to finally get it right.
1: We're probably never going to review A Star is Born, so let's talk about it for like two minutes. Okay. Just to give it its due. All right. What's the deal?
0: I have no idea. Why does this
1: keep getting remade?
0: That is an excellent question that I don't have the answer to, and it's like it's like they feel like they, they never perfected it or something like well, that. Well,
1: I mean, that would be a good, well, not good, but that would be um, a reason that makes sense mm-hmm. to, I guess, keep remaking something. But isn't every single one considered something of a classic
0: see that's just it i, th- I can't I speak feel like to the yes. 30s
1: one but i people like the judy garland one um i think people have an affection for the um
0: barbara streisand for one. the streisand one yeah
1: and then this one is doing great so yeah. i'm i see to me it's just like heading back to the atm for another yeah after all i yeah
0: i don't know like it just
1: and doesn't the it doesn't context sense. of the story change over the years as well like 30s i would think 50s so hey, kid, we're going to get you in this picture, you know? And plus, I'm an older man and you're a younger woman and that's part of the story. Right. Then the 70s is like, all right, I mean, are we going to comment on anything at all? And then this one is like, are we going to comment on anything at all? (laughs) Hey, what? What? I want to exploit you both professionally and sexually. Like, is there (laughs) any commentary on how this is weird? Is the next one, when this is remade again in 2030-something, will it be in... Gaga herself can play an aging pop star who finds, like, a young male talent. And she's like, hey. He's like, what? Uh, what do you think about flipping the gender dynamic? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: Uh, I think that's a refreshing idea for the. That would be a reason to remake it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would. And, and I've
1: heard a theory, too, about how the new th- – this is not Bradley. Also, Bradley Cooper, first one out the gate, you want to do this.
0: I know. Where's it's your, kind where's of Where's your odd little choice.
1: single hotel, hotel room indie, you know, kind of low budget right. kind of thing. And like like oh, I helped ooh, write it ooh, or something. Brick or whatever and yeah. then move on to something else. But the new thing now seems to be hit big with uh, a, a big thing out of the gate, then immediately try to do a remake. And so all my examples are failing me. But the one I can think of is Lu- Lucio Gu- Guada. Call me by your name, guy.
0: Okay, sure. <laughs> Call me
1: by your name. You're like. Has this uh, sort of low key but like high grossing for an indie film, Blockbuster, immediately turns around. I'm going to remake Suspiria. It's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So get get one in there and then maybe trying to avoid the sophomore slump. Like if people are going to criticize me for my second film instead of doing what people normally do, which is. The brother's bloom just go back to Ryan Johnson like take all those ideas that I can I can finally the 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 demons in my head will have their voices heard and then it's like whoa no perspective on this movie D- filter yourself and do something that you know you'll get criticized for which is remaking a classic film uh right. Gus Van Sant Gus Van Sant I mean he'd made movies before but he, he had um a uh, big success with Film I can't remember the name of. And then he's like, I'm going to remake Psycho. What?
0: Yeah, why would you remake Psycho? Good Will Hunting?
1: That was what he did before. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then so Good Will Hunting and then like, I'm going to remake Psycho. Okay?
0: I Yeah. Did anybody see that film and be like, oh, much better than the Hitchcock version. Much better. What
1: if it was in color?
0: (laughs) What if you could see the blood? What if it was red? I, yeah, I don't... Is it? I think it is kind of like a safe move, move to um, remake something because you're. Then it's like your people are criticizing whether or not they think your production was a good version of it, and it's not like necessarily going to be a personal attack on you. Yeah. Um,
1: but it'd be I'm like making some kind of amazing dish on a cooking show or so, or in a competition, and you make like an amazing. I don't know beef Wellington or some amazing intricate dessert, and then it's like, what's your what's your the next show? What's your next thing? Yeah, tacos. But I made (laughs) like they're like a different twist on tacos. It's like a twist on a fish taco or something. You're Uh like, you made tacos. This person made some kind of souffle, right? And they taste good, but it's like this guy just made tacos. It's not like all the criticism can be like already anticipated because he's remaking like a classic film. Right, and that gets around you going like, "What about this? It's a life less ordinary." Oh, Danny Boyle! Oh, Danny Boyle! Back <laughs> it up! So,
0: yeah, um, I I don't know why Bradley Cooper chose this to be like his director debut because um, he
1: gets a star in it, and he's not I that guess. creative.
0: I guess. Um,
1: hey, what? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what movie to make. How about the one we're in? Okay. Can I do this voice the whole time? Yes, you can. Okay, great. Well, I won't do the voice the entire time, but uh, I'll let you know that we're the Just Enough a Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi,
0: I'm Mikan It's
1: the spookiest month.
0: It is. Is it? Yes, it is. What are Spooky, the other months? Ooky.
1: Is there like a cancer awareness month? That's kind of spooky. Oh wow! <laughs> Lots of photos of like um, tumors and things like that. That's, ooh, <laughs> that's terrible. Spooky.
0: That's spooky and dark in another way.
1: Um. Uh, Easter, the spookiest holiday. No, I um, <laughs> don't want to go too far down that way. But yeah, anyway, um, it is. And I thought that we should pay homage, homage, homage to that by um, digging into some spooky stuff. That,
0: sounds, that uh, sounds good. And so
1: for the next couple shows until the week of Halloween, we'll be doing spooky, spooky things. Uh, starting off with, well, you can point this out or you can let me know if I got my facts right. But sure. it is the something 200th anniversary of Frankenstein.
0: Yes, it is the 200th anniversary. By
1: Mary Shelley, published yep. in, well, let's see, probably, I'm guessing like 1817, maybe 1816. Oh, 1819, 18. that's what it was. <laughs> And so I thought we'd talk about that today. Uh, and we'll talk about the book some. We'll talk about the legacy of Frankenstein uh, and the different lenses that people view the characters. Not just the character, the monster, of course, yes. but also the doctor and everybody in it. And also through a few other lenses, specifically the 1998 movie Gods and Monsters, mm-hmm. which is about the last days of the director of Frankenstein, 1931, James Whale. Yes, And a um, we'll talk about, in so much as two straight people can, the queer reading of the Frankenstein legend as well. Mm-hmm. Does that work? That works for me. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, And also, uh, we want to continue our Yorgos Lanthimos (laughs) series called Yorgos, I Hardly Lanthimos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I think, uh, with uh, his, 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 it's not his next movie because, well, it's his movie after Dogtooth. It is his next movie after Dogtooth, his kind of big breakout film, a movie called Alps, Yes. which kind of ties into our thing because Geneva, Switzerland alps
0: right right a word association frankenstein's
1: making monsters in the alps that's right a bunch of monsters all take the names of alps only these (laughs) monsters are people and they're in a yorgos lanthimos movie that's right we've got a special fun game to play during that segment which we'll get to in a little bit
0: all right sounds good how you doing i'm doing well cal um looking forward to talking about frankenstein and his creature because that's more politically correct than who the monster. Who is a monster
1: and who is a man? Yeah. To quote the Hunchback of Notre Dame.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely um, something that's on display with uh, with Frankenstein, I think. Um, I mean, he is the one who created the creature. So um, is he a monster too? I don't know. Maybe he is.
1: I don't know. Is he just getting chased around by Robert De Niro? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I guess we didn't really like prep you all the way. Like, how many Frankenstein films have you seen?
0: Um, well, I saw Frankenstein, nineteen thirty-one, and I've seen Young Frankenstein, <laughs> which uh-huh. is <laughs> okay. Yeah, that you applies, know, yeah, I guess A comedic version. Um, and I also Put saw... exactly. I also saw a play recently recently called Frankenstein Playing with Fire. Oh,
1: okay. Was it based on the book? Yes. There's the uh, the aforementioned uh, De Niro uh, one, Kenneth Branagh one. You know, that's good. Oh, boy. Um, There's that um, Daniel Radcliffe one, right, with uh, James McAvoy, and it was written by... um, the Max Landis, so I don't give a shit about it oh, at all. Wow, but I that know that sounds, it exists. Sounds terrible. And of course, I Frankenstein. I mean, we just said that at the beginning, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we're to ta- I Frankenstein. Right. You know, the seminal work um, <laughs> in this, and also like, you know, he shows up in. I'm sure he shows up in Van Helsing, which I. We really should have Melissa Fumelson on this show, shouldn't we? <laughs> yes. But it's too late for that. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but first, let's talk about a little news. <laughs> we got news of the nerd this week. And again, it's one of those things where we got a lot of movies to talk to. Talk to.
0: Yeah, to. So,
1: yes. <laughs> I've got these chairs are prepared. Or like, does a movie sit like on our, in a reel? Or does it feel like it's working Ooh. too much? Yeah. We'll just have some canisters. We'll have some film canisters. They can okay. feel like they're relaxed at home. <laughs> and open flames near them. Film isn't, first of, of all, film doesn't really exist anymore. But film, is it still flammable? Remember how film was really flammable because it... of the silver... I think Nitrate it probably is. Yeah. Like
0: the films that still exist on like actual film reels, I think it probably is. And I remember seeing like Ghostbusters one time, and it was like the end of the reel, and it started kind of like burning up.
1: Oh yeah, I, I yeah. Um, but that's different. That's it. Just gets caught the the heat from the bulb and the projector is you know will melt the cellular. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's bad news. You don't want that to happen. No, uh, But you can't avoid it sometimes, uh, just like news. Uh, so anyway, uh, good transition. Back to the news. Uh, we want to talk about Avengers 4, which has wrapped. I don't know if you've seen this, but the Russos announced on their Twitter that it had wrapped, and they posted an image, Ooh. and here is the image.
0: I can't tell what that is.
1: If you go to RussoBrothers.com, that's not where you go. Just go to Twitter and <laughs> Russo underscore brothers. And they posted this image. What now, is that? Nobody knows. And they have posted uh, a lot of things uh, in the past, just, you know, sometimes things from the set, but it's usually kind of sure. cryptic. They're clearly being cryptic. And I think that they, at this point, enjoy driving people crazy.
0: I'm I'm going to say yes, and because that's... it just looks like, I don't know, like a fluffy cloud or, or something gaseous or something something
1: yeah nobody knows what it is people have uh, manipulated the image and tried to find out things um somebody um did a thing where you take the brightness out sometimes you can see more um and they got this which still doesn't really tell you anything and it also looks like it looks like something was blanked out but i think that this is just uh if you know anything about like digital cameras or images i think that this that's just you know this is that's the maxed out area this is so bright it's like kind, of kind, out out kind of maxed out those. Yeah, yeah, pixels. Whereas it would just be pure white on a camera, the digital, the uh, parts, you know, the CCD chip or whatever just goes, all right, it's just nothing. Sure. So if you turn it down, there's not going to be any details or anything like that. Okay. I have to say, to me, it looks like some kind of light, um, you know, uh, like a... I can a, see that, too. It looks like a cop car light, actually, to me.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: yeah. And somebody actually did a cute little thing where they connected it they showed the thing and they showed like a light of a cop car and then they showed the panel from um the hellcat comic in the 70s when thanos was arrested by the police
0: oh my gosh
1: Take <laughs> him away toys oh. <laughs> get that glove off of him wow so uh, yeah people are speculating nobody really knows what it is but do you expect to know no we're never gonna not, know.
0: i don't I don't ever expect
1: to know what that is. We know a couple things about Spider-Man Far From Home, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. All right. Which is going to be home in every title, I guess. I guess that's what we're
0: doing for, yeah. for this iteration. Spider-Man 3,
1: home sweet home. Yes. Spider-Man 4, <laughs> home invasion. Oh, my goodness. Spider-Man 5, home insurance. <laughs> After the home invasion, you get the home insurance. You
0: get the home insurance. It's the most boring Spider-Man movie ever. He he becomes an adult.
1: But there are <laughs> set picks. Uh, yeah, just paying bills. Yes. Uh, there are set picks, and they, people say that they're like, Ooh, leaks or bootleg, but it's just the usual thing where you're filming in New York City or wherever. People right. are going to take pictures. So yeah. we've already seen that um, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, will be in the film. He's playing Mysterio, Okay, which could be cool. Uh, also uh, he looks he's got a costume in this okay. that looks different than his previous costumes and it could be a trick of the light but it looks like the blue parts are black hmm. which is the traditional spider-man a superior spider-man costume
0: interesting um, I don't know that I've ever seen like the blue parts be black I've seen his costume be entirely black like when it was the symbiote um, that was last week yeah I know but I don't think I've seen the red and black Black together.
1: When he switches minds with Otto Octavius, okay. and Otto Octavius's body dies, and so Ooh, Dr. Octopus is now Peter Parker, and he decides to become a good guy, but doing it in his own way. Uh-huh. Superior Spider-Man.
0: Okay. So that's when the blue becomes black. Interesting. Um,
1: they wouldn't do that, would they?
0: I, gosh. I, I mean, don't we have a bunch of bad guys in this already? Like... Why add another one?
1: Every bad guy is either a conflicted bad guy who thinks he's good, like Thanos. That's true. Or the heroes are fighting each other. Or right. if we do get this Dark Avengers script, it'll be bad guys dressed up like good guys. Yes. <laughs> I think like there's a lot of uh Uh, swinky, meta, um, um, self-knowing-ness to the Marvel canon of films, Mm -hmm. but it extends to, you don't want to just see Green Lantern fight a poop monster or whatever. (laughs) No. no, So it's got to be a Green Lantern fighting a Green Lantern, or it's got to be all this, you know, this internecine kind of warfare. Sure. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, don't you just sometimes want to see, like, the Dark Knight, Joker, bad guy, yeah, Batman fights him. Yeah, got it.
0: Of course, you do. I I would definitely agree with that. Um, I I don't know what would it mean if like Doc Ock was in this too, and like. Then he dies. It'd
1: mean that somehow you have Doc Ock introduced in this film and then also dies and takes over Peter Parker's mind. That's
0: a lot. Seems unlikely. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah.
1: We'll see. Okay. Uh, What else we got? Uh, I want to mention fast that (laughs) speaking of speaking like this, yes. And the East India Company in Lutka Island, (laughs) uh, there will be a second series of Taboo. I think we reported that it was rumored before they were talking about how they're going to make it work. Uh, there is no release date yet, so this is barely news, but we do know that Tom Hardy has said to the BBC that he will return for another season of Taboo.
0: Well, good, because it wouldn't be the same without him. Yes. In his gravelly voice.
1: Developed, uh, starring him, and also developed by him along with his father. Oh. Um Yeah. I think I might uh, have known
0: that before, but I've forgotten. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it's going to be in America, so it'll be different, that's for sure
1: going to be in San Francisco? (laughs) Was it San Francisco? (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see about that. Uh, Speaking of Venom, the success of Venom has pretty much given a full green light to the Morbius movie they've been talking about doing, starring Jared Leto.
0: Okay. Remind me who Morbius is.
1: He's the living vampire.
0: Oh, that's right. Um, Okay. All right. And I'm guessing Morbius is connected to Venom somehow? No. No? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Never mind.
1: In the 70s, the... Boy, my Marvel history is not good. Don't tell Sean. Um, But anyway, in the 70s, there was a big... uh, Thanks in part to people like Marv. Wolfman. Wolfman. uh, Yeah. There was a big um, revival of classic horror uh creature type stuff.
0: Okay. So you had sure. a guy
1: like Morbius the Living Vampire, but it was all like comic twists. Sure. You had the man wolf, um Jameson's uh, kid, uh you had Blade, uh you had, you know, people like that. Okay. Um was that Werewolf by Night or was that earlier? Anyway, so that this kind of comes from that. Like they've all got huge flared collars and they're all struggling with their monsterness. Sure. All trying to be good guys. And stop Purse Snatchers. A lot of Purse Snatchers. A lot of Purse Snatchers in <laughs> 70s comics. All right. A lot of Purse Snatchers in 70s New York.
0: Uh, yeah. They were just
1: looking out their windows probably yeah, when yes. they were drawing. But, yeah. So, we'll see about that. That Where does that land him with his Joker roles? We don't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right.
1: But at this point, even if it's not a Disney Marvel movie, wouldn't you rather do a Marvel movie? I, I would think so. Jump ship.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like the... Um they're like the flagship standard for comic book movies. So
1: that's their motto. Yeah. <laughs> uh do you remember the film The Universal Sh- Soldier?
0: I don't think I do. <sighs> okay.
1: Well, um I guess we've got a uh Either an episode of this show or an episode of Craft of Services in our future. Okay. About Universal Soldier, but anyway, they are Universal. Um, the company, of course, is looking to remake Universal Soldier with the writer of The Equalizer okay. at the helm, Richard Wenk, as uh, the screenwriter who re- wrote the reboot. It's not, not even a reboot; it's just an adaptation from TV, I guess, to the film of Denzel Washington, and they want to do a um, reimagining of Universal Soldier. What is okay. it? Here's Universal Soldier. Dead soldiers are brought back to life. Do you sense a theme here? Yes. Uh, and put into uh, use in the army as special forces. So it's a little bit of um, Frankenstein. Uh, it's a little bit of Deathlock from the uh, Marvel Comics. Okay. And it stars Jean Claude Van Damme, the original
0: one. Okay. I, I'm not sure if I actually saw this. It's the first R rated movie seems... I ever saw in the
1: theater. Oh, really? Yep.
0: Um, when you describe it, it sounds super familiar. I don't know if I just saw it like on uh, a. Did they do something like this in like one of the Marvel uh, Netflix shows or something like that? Um, Didn't they? I, I don't know. Who can I can keep like track I, anymore. I feel like I saw something where they are bringing soldiers back and it was bad news
1: there was that plot with nuke in the first season of jessica jones okay the hand brings people back to life yeah you know what i don't really pay attention (laughs) in fact i had to remind myself oh yeah iron fist is still on when i heard the news that iron fist has been the first show to be canceled of the marvel line by netflix there will be no iron fist season three
0: wow okay well that's big news i guess uh, supposedly season two is better than season one.
1: It would be tough to be worse.
0: <laughs> you are absolutely right could about that. It would be hard to be worse
1: <laughs> than the first season of that. And it had to happen eventually.
0: Hmm. What, what had to happen eventually?
1: Well, they just keep adding new um, Netflix shows on Marvel for that's Marvel. True. And um, it just can't go forever.
0: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, I'm not sad about it being canceled. <laughs>
1: No, this doesn't preclude, of course, him showing up in other people's uh, shows. And I think it's interesting because it works the same way at Marvel. You're always going to have an Avengers book going. You're always going to have a Spider-Man book going. Sometimes there is a Power Man and Iron Fist book going. And when there's not, guess what? Supporting characters. So you're doing a Daredevil story. And, you know, Danny and Luke show up to help out or something like that. Sure. Absolutely. So there's no reason they couldn't do that. Now, of course, if you're just a collection of lines on a page, th- there's no problem getting you at any point. Right? <laughs> right. It's different if Finn Jones is like, well, I want to be in a movie now. You know, I'm going to be in Hunger Games 8 or whatever. So <laughs> it, it contracts don't work the same way. But uh, he did tweet that this is just a, this is just the beginning. It's like, <laughs> is it? Is it just a big I, I Seems like you don't is. have a job anymore. Yeah,
0: exactly. But anyway,
1: yeah. I mean, this would be a chance for them to cancel the Luke Cage show, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then
1: just start a Heroes for Hire show like they were supposed to in the first place?
0: Sure. It'd probably be way more interesting, but um, oh well. Uh, I well, feel a little bad saying that, but not really.
1: Yeah. Going from stock going down to stock rising yes. or pretty much saying the same. Uh, it's been confirmed that Ryan Coogler will write and direct Black Panther Two.
0: Okay. In this
1: week's No Duh news category, <laughs> although it wasn't um, a for sure thing.
0: No, it doesn't surprise me at all.
1: How are his tweets? Have we looked at his tweets?
0: Oh, oh
1: boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's assume that they're good. Yeah, they must be fine because yeah. he's
1: he's back in for another one.
0: Yeah. Uh, if they weren't, you know, he he would. Be maybe making a deal with DC or something like
1: that. <laughs> I am excited about this, and I'm really excited to see where he takes it for a second one. Yeah. Because, of course, the first one is the tough one, right? That's the origin story yes. nominally. Uh, they didn't act, actually end up really doing that in this one a little bit, maybe. And then the second one's where you get to play around, remake A Star is Born if you want. <laughs> hey. What? what? I just wanted to look at you again. <laughs> Uh, so i really the way that he really stuck the landing in terms of origin slash introducing elements uh making it a black movie quote unquote um making it uh compelling um to normal audiences but also relevant to um to black audiences as well or minority Mm -hmm. audiences like you know cool fight scene stab a guy in the chest he really couldn't have done too much better. Like no, he, he nailed he it. Have, yeah. So it's like, okay, what do you do now? And that most is people a good question. remake *A Star Is Born* <laughs> or uh, *Suspiria*. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to do that. So I'm really excited to see what he does, and hopefully he has enough people to go. Well, not that though. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Uh, I'll, I'm interested to see who the villain's going to be because it can't be Claw because you killed him, and it can't be. Yeah. um
1: And Black Panther's kind of out of villains at that point.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, know. he's got
1: plenty of villains. They're just not.
0: They're not great villains. Yeah,
1: not really. Yeah. Even Kilmonger's not that great. No. Uh, they made him great. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe borrow what? Ooh, Black Panther versus the Serpent Society. Come on.
0: Oh, that'd be interesting. And
1: then Cap could will set it just before the end of Avengers Four, so <laughs> sure. Cap can come come in and help out.
0: Sure. That sounds good to me.
1: Okay. Let's get on it. <laughs> What else is going on? Um, speaking of Marvel, uh, some bad news. Uh-oh. Chuck Wendig has been writing Star Wars comics for Marvel for a while. And okay. he's been writing Marv- for Marvel in general for the past couple of years. Um, he has been... Well, he was fired. He was let go from his uh, new Star Wars book that was supposed to okay. uh, continue. And he has said on Twitter in a... It's a rant if we don't like it. It's a thread if we do, right? I a guess. thread on Twitter. He explained... The political situation there, Uh-oh. which is literally related to politics, the fact that it wasn't that he specifically has said or done anything, but he, as a outspoken person, um, how do you... So let's just say he's liberal. Okay. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he wants to claim that label, but I know that the people who antagonize him are not liberal. Okay. And so he has been engaging trolls and whatnot on oh. Twitter.
0: Oh, That's not always the best thing. Yeah, and he
1: hasn't brought it to work. He hasn't, has nothing, has anything to do with, you know, the people that he works with or his company or anything like that. But apparently he was told that he was too too vocal. And so he's (sighs) being let go.
0: Oh, that's a shame.
1: It is a shame. And when we talk about people being silenced, that's what we're talking about. If you say something horrible and I go, that was horrible. And you go, you're silencing me. I'm not silencing you. Your voice is still out there. Yeah. When a guy who in his personal life... Is having you know uh, political debates or whatever, and then the company basically fires him that is silencing him
0: yeah <laughs> isn't it? I, I feel like it is
1: and in his thread, uh, he brought up how this had happened to other people like Chelsea Kane, who wrote was writing for black widow okay No, excuse me, black widow uh, black canary no, who is she writing for? Ask me about my feminist agenda
0: um I, what about your feminist agenda?
1: no, that's the thing oh. Fans, I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Okay, sorry. Yeah,
1: uh, Mockingbird, Mockingbird. Okay, the Black Canary ripoff. Okay. Uh, so she would basically get let go for the same reason. And so, what is going on at Marvel?
0: I think they're being extra cautious and maybe a little, um, I, a little uh, gun not just gun crazy. Do I want to say that? <laughs> they're being gun um, crazy. I, pew, I, pew, I, pew. I think. I mean, they're just. It sounds like they're going off, like, half-cock or, like, stuff. Um, just...
1: Great. Good stuff. Uh, well, I mean... Could like, it be that Ike Perlmutter, the president of Marvel Publishing or whatever, mm-hmm. is a huge uh, Trump donor? Could it be oh. that? Because remember, the comics and Disney don't have much to do with each other. They are, like, technically yeah. owned by the same company, but... Disney pretty much stays out of the comics.
0: That could be. Um, I don't want to think that it's that, but um, I could see it being that, and that's unfortunate. Um, and, I I mean, if you're doing it on your own personal time, it shouldn't affect your work at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a shame. And... uh I wish that Ike Perlmutter wasn't a huge supporter of Trump, but <laughs> nothing I can do about that.
1: Photographed together. Yeah. We'll make great. that the thumbnail of the show, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, support Chuck. He's a good guy. Uh, he's a good writer. Buy his comics. Follow him on Twitter because he's, he's handling this really well. This That's is also good. the difference between people who get themselves in trouble and have a meltdown mm-hmm. Um I would sing the theme to Roseanne if I knew it. Uh, and the people who <laughs> yes. are, you know, victimized by forces largely, who who get punched down on. Yes. Like Chuck Wendig, who has still maintained his composure and just kind of let you know what's going on. Yeah. So he'll he'll definitely bounce back. I mean, a guy like that's not going to be good. working for long. So. Yeah. Or not not working. Um, okay. From serious to weird, you know who Werner Herzog is? I know the name. Me too Uh, He has said that uh, For a long time he's been Sort of obliquely teasing That he was going to have a big role In a franchise film Okay uh, That was codenamed Huckleberry Okay Nobody knew what the hell he was talking about Yeah Uh, People thought that it might be uh, Star Wars because of the character Finn
0: Oh I see Right Yeah
1: um, but a new report from uh, Making Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars website, uh, says that it probably won't be that. It might be the new TV show, The Mandalorian.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I guess, it, I mean, it is technically Star Wars, right? Um, even though it's not a film.
1: Yeah. So. Apparently, there are crew members wearing um, Huckleberry badges. Why? Uh, on On set. Okay. We, people have seen uh, pictures of stuff like that. And so we think that maybe that's what it is. Okay. Or this is just some part of a continual viral sort of campaign. We also know that there is a long list of like semi big name directors uh, working on The Mandalorian. Right. So people are thinking maybe he's directing like an episode of The
0: Mandalorian. Okay. That could be. Um, wow. That's it's It's very cryptic. Um, uh Interesting. I don't
1: know. I'd rather see him in a role. Yeah. You'd better watch yourself. I have the death sentence in 12 systems. (laughs) We can can do better than that. Uh, Pick a side character.
0: A side character?
1: Han Solo meet Chewbacca.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes, that sounds good.
1: You're not helping me at all. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well,
0: you're probably going to help with this. Okay.
1: Looks like Scarlett Johansson, yes, who has taken time off from whitewashing roles, oh boy, uh, is stands to make fifteen million dollars to be in a Black Widow movie. Wow. Well, that's good. Nothing's really announced. Nothing's official that we know, but you know, we know that somebody's working on a script. We know that they're pulling down directors and stuff, and so the rumor, rumors are that she will make fifteen million dollars. Okay. To compare, that's what she made, excuse me, that's what Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth made for Infinity War.
0: But that's not what she made.
1: Well, I don't know what she made.
0: Okay. All right. Um,
1: But that is the going starring character rate, if you're not Robert Downey Jr., for a Marvel film at this point.
0: Okay. Well, I I think that's a good thing. Um, I really hope this works out. Fingers crossed. Um, Because it's been a long time coming. And uh, I really want to see a Black Widow film. Especially with her at the helm, so yeah, um,
1: I already gave my pitch, yeah, what's your black widow film about?
0: um, I think you have to do a flashback at this point, um, flashing back to what <laughs> um <laughs>
1: now, what
0: what is it they always are talking about, like her, and um uh. What's his name? Jeremy Renner. Um, They're always talking about.
1: Let's. Or you want to do the thing where it's like, hey, did a character mention something obliquely? Yes. Let's see a movie about that. Yes. Um. So they've got red in their ledger. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: You've got
1: the red in your ledger. <laughs> yeah, Wernog. Werner. I call him Wernog. <laughs> We're buds, though. Nice. Call him Werner. If you're nasty. <laughs> Uh, moving on from that, I guess. Uh, the Wu-Tang. You're a big Wu-Tang fan, right? You're in the uh, clan. Wow. Killer Bees uh, on attack? Sure. Uh, Hulu has ordered a Wu-Tang series from The Riza. Okay. Uh, producing and uh, also from Alexei who wrote Superfly. And it will be a origin story of the Wu-Tang Clan.
0: Is it going to star the Wu-Tang Clan as well?
1: I'm sh- I bet. Th- I mean they're you know they're old they're getting up there at this point so it'll probably be younger actors playing them
0: and then with like cameos with the real people or something like that yeah okay um that could be interesting um i don't know
1: mm, yeah (laughs) let let me okay i am a wu-tang fan so let me just give my my take on this yes how do you cast odb You, you can't okay there's no way all right who's odb i don't know Old dirty bastard. Yeah, big okay. baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's tough. That's an impossible role. That that's a Joker. You know how do you how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and then everybody else is like, <laughs> the thing about Wu Tang is that. They all don't, I'm not saying they don't have personalities, but they're all just kind of normal looking guys Uh who are kind of soft-spoken and then they have, it's their lyrical individuality and skills that really distinguish them. Sure. So as far as casting somebody to be like, I'm playing, I'm the RZA. No, not you, Tom Hardy. Get out of here. There isn't, I don't feel like there's a lot to go on there. You're just going to have to cast a bunch of like, you cast anybody, but they have to like deliver on the mic.
0: Yeah. So you need
1: to get a guy who's like, can do like the best ghost face ever. And I guess it really doesn't matter what he looks like when he picks up the mic and starts you know, rapping, rapping ghost face, then yeah. you want to really believe that. Which That's makes me really think
0: good point.
1: Maybe just young age makeup <laughs> on the original clan.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then have ODB just be played by like a CGI hologram or something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. The I best CGI I don't know how they're hologram. gonna do this.
1: Um I'm a little worried.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could take, like, up-and-coming, like, rappers and
1: cast, cast Oh, them. okay. Already rappers. Yeah. So get, like, a younger boy. <laughs> Help. Um, <laughs> young. Get young Jeezy, young Wheezy, young Fleezy, yes. young Skeezy.
0: Yes. All the easies. Um And then one
1: old something. Yes. Old, clean, legitimately <laughs> born person. Yes. This is. I don't think uh, there's a reason we don't do this. No, all right. Yeah, we're not. Uh, we're not very good at this.
0: <laughs> we're, we're not RZA. So, so
1: more information on that, I guess, as it comes out. I wanted to mention really fast that there will be a new Black Widow comic. Oh, okay. I guess Mark Wade is called it quits, which yeah. is good because it wasn't very. I good. like Mark Wade, but it's not. Not adding anything. I want you to guess whether, did I do this already? This feels familiar. I don't know. But I scream at people. I scream at strangers about this, so that's probably what's going on right now. Uh, I want you to imagine whether Black Widow discovered that she wasn't the only graduate of the Red Room, and that there's another Black Widow, and she's really badass. I want you to guess if that happened.
0: I'm going to say yes yeah, that, to all that's that. exactly
1: what happened. Yeah. So anyway, um, the uh, Hollywood Reporter actually uh, reported that the Black Widow series will be created by Jen and Sylvia. Sylvia Saska. Okay. They are the uh, sister writer-director team that has made several cult horror films, huh. um, called American Mary and Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Wow. And they are currently working on a remake of Rabid from David Cronenberg. Okay. So they're gonna this this is stunt writer casting. Yep. but that doesn't always lead to a bad comic.
0: No, I mean, what do you think that cool they could? That it's two ladies. Yeah, yeah.
1: It. What what do you think that their horror aesthetic could add to Black Widow?
0: Well, I could. Make I want it... you to imagine
1: whether you you weren't the only spider that graduated from. <laughs> there's a there's a tougher talking giant spider <laughs> that's gonna drink your blood and yeah.
0: Um, I imagine it's gonna be uh, grittier, bloodier. Um, you know. Uh a lot of dark corners that she's gonna be skirting around and What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> she's gonna see in the dark really well.
1: I oh, maybe she gets spider powers?
0: That'd be kinda cool. What if
1: they've ever done that? I should ask myself since I've read all these comics. I don't think they've ever done that, but I have to huh? imagine that at some point that's been done, right? Or does that yeah. does Spider Woman show up and like uh, excuse me?
0: you're eating my lunch yeah
1: <laughs> you're you're eating that the fly that I left wrapped up in that web I put my name on it in web it says Jessica right there uh, moving over to the other company uh, looks like Secret Six a Secret Six drama will, is in production or at least is at the uh, pilot commitment stage at CBS
0: okay um, so it's going to be a TV show then yes all right
1: Um, I don't know if this is CBS on air or CBS streaming. Yeah. Yeah. All access. I'm guessing all access. Okay. What is the secret six? I don't know. I never really read them. It's basically like, it's kind of like suicide squad. It's like, you know, it's like six antiheroes or villains who, you know, go on a mission. They're a team. I gotta do it. All right. So it's like, I don't know. It's like Catman and some other people. Okay. (laughs) Gail Simone wrote it for a while.
0: All right. Um be good, I guess,
1: but I don't know. Is this just another um, notch in the whatever you put notches in of like, oh, let's get the third rate thing and make a show out of it. Can't do a Green Lantern show. Can't do a Green Lantern show. Right. Yeah, I see that hand in the back. Yeah. Why can't you do a Green Lantern show? Because they're just petrified about doing
0: anything Green Lantern right now. They're
1: petrified about doing anything that they consider to be A-list content, but doesn't everybody like... (laughs) Supergirl's never really been A-list, but, I mean, she's super. And also Superman. Like, Yes. There was a big deal about putting Superman on TV. Mm-hmm. You got the werewolf guy. He's on TV. Everybody right. loves it. Right. So what's the problem?
0: I don't know what the problem is. I think they Or just... if you're going to
1: have Batman, he's a little kid. I know. So anyway, have... this is just another example of that. Yep. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll work. But yeah, Green Lantern TV show. Come on, it's a procedural. It's literally a procedural. Yeah. CBS. Yes. Let's do this.
0: You could have multiple Green Lanterns flying around and taking care of business. You absolutely could. Yeah.
1: Uh, looks like DC is rethinking their Black Label imprint following the Bat Dick debacle. <laughs> the BDD.
0: Oh, DC. Okay. All right. Well. Good okay good all right
1: because if that's all this was yeah this just proves that you just thought like you didn't have much yeah when you said adult you didn't think like you know karen berger vertigo let's tell mature stories you were just thinking oh we can do whatever we want and then the first time you did whatever you wanted you got checked and you're like now scrap the whole thing yeah so it's like clearly you didn't have any like big plans or things to come out or like this is we're, we're gonna tell this story you were just like well, now we can't just draw dicks and boobs whenever we want, so forget it. <laughs> so you never believed you never believed in it.
0: It sounds so immature. Um, the whole
1: thing is immature. Yeah,
0: I know it's Batman's dicks flopping around. I know.
1: <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, looks like the Witcher series cast uh, the two people that they were looking to cast, which was the characters Siri and Yennefer. Okay. Me too. I don't I don't really know either. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yennefer. Wow. Uh, yes. Um, Freya Allen has been cast uh, as Siri and Anya Shalatra as Yennefer. Okay. Here's the important thing.
0: Okay.
1: N- neither of them are really. Well, I don't know their specific, you know, cultural, racial background. But sure. they remember before they had been talking about, like, possibly going actress of color, yes. AOC or whatever. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's what they did. Yeah, I didn't really.
1: Oh, they didn't. No. Oh. In fact, while you tell me what you think The Witcher is about, I will show you a picture of these two.
0: Oh boy, um, The Witcher is about a guy who's a witcher. Um, I what else he got? Uh, he's a male witch. I don't know. Um, who does he fight? He fights bad guys who are ghosts and other. Like maybe vampires. I gotta tell werewolves. you, this sounds
1: great. <laughs> I'm on board for sure. Uh all right. So anyway, see this person? Yes. That's the person that they were thinking about being making Asian or whatever.
0: Oh, okay. So this is
1: the opposite of that. Yeah, uh huh. And then this person is sort of, you know, vaguely dark haired. <laughs> what's your what's your race? Dark haired?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're I'm not... sure
1: both wonderful people, right, nice actors, uh-huh. but not they, yeah.
0: not the direction they said. So not the headed. big swing
1: that you promised. No, so that should make fans happy. Speaking of making fans happy, we've seen our first look as uh, at Ruby Rose as Batwoman on the uh, CW. Yeah, uh huh. What'd you think?
0: Uh, it's okay. I think it's pretty good. Um, it, it looks pretty good. I don't
1: know what's go- just have a cape. I don't know what's going on with the
0: displaying the cape.
1: No, I mean there's a sort of like a modeled kind of like spray painted kind of like in uh, Photoshop look to the okay, cape. Sure, just have a cape. Yeah, just black. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, I think it looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean she's got a wig. You're not on but, board. But Batwoman wears a wig, so you're not on board. I'm okay with it. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just I'm ready to see where they're gonna take it. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, no uh, more foreplay. You you want to get right down yeah. to it. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know. I'll believe it when I see it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Strong. Yeah, well, you know, um, Ruby Rose is an okay actor. She's not, um, you know, outstanding. So um, I'm just tangentially waiting to see if she's going to fill those booths of Well, Bat you Woman. seem to have
1: high expectations. So let's wrap this up with you giving me your casting pick for Batwoman and then what, what you think that, that her show should focus on.
0: Oh, boy. Who would I cast as Batwoman? Um,
1: Jennifer Garner.
0: <laughs> she actually probably Don't wouldn't be me, that babe. bad of a Batwoman. Um,
1: would you go old or young? And by old or young, for a Hollywood actress, I mean 18 or
0: 25. <laughs> um, I probably would go more 25 because I think Batwoman is meant to be a slightly more mature than like Batgirl or something like that. Sure. So, sure. Um, n- not old per se, but just older. Um, I mean, she's supposedly, you know, been in the military and everything. So she's served some time. So she's a little bit older. Sure. Um, gosh. I'm trying to think of who my dream pick would be
1: this is too old for your where for the i guess the standards that i just set but probably just in general but what about like a michelle rodriguez type
0: yeah i could see that She's tough
1: yeah a lot of teeth <laughs> punching
0: right um i was gonna say um less
1: gal gadot more michelle rodriguez
0: yeah i was gonna say what's her name from orphan black
1: Maybe Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, she's like
0: she's maybe too tiny. petite for it, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, it could work. I think Batwoman needs to be a little taller, but yeah, I Ruby don't.
1: Rose is like she's probably like five eleven. Yeah, she's like you know solid. Right, but I mean that doesn't. <laughs> it's it's all fictional, it yes. <laughs> You know what I mean. I know. But if you're gonna have somebody who's who's like you know standing next to Oliver, and they're the same height, yes, and sort of physically imposing yes so not her then <laughs> yeah <I guess> not. <laughs> if you pulled your guts and, and intestines out to give me that we can stop but okay. if you've got one more
0: um oh what's her name who played uh who's on shield and played
1: um adrian palicki yeah let's stop this little game <laughs> okay i hate this game
0: all right not a fan apparently
1: no not at all all right um, you want to talk about like Ruby Rose is maturing as a performer uh-huh Adrian has been doing this for a long time and has never gotten better okay she's just what she is all right funnily enough they both played antagonists in the John Wick series <laughs> they both played somewhat butchy lady that you know has an antagonist but then John Wick shoots her in the face or whatever
0: <laughs> oh great awesome so he
1: solves all his problems She <laughs> <laughs> shoots it in the face yeah uh, I gotta get these taxes done.
0: Yes, shoot him in knock, the face.
1: Knock. Shoot in the face. <laughs> Can't shoot your taxes in the face. No, they don't have a face, <laughs> and it's disrespectful to the government. Yeah. Um, I want to end this right. Okay. By having you actually deliver here. Oh boy. So we, we gave you the one, possibly not a good pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I vetoed the second one. Yeah. What's the third pick?
0: Oh gosh. Um. What about uh, the actress who played Mary on Downton Abbey?
1: <laughs> she's looking for something, I think, right? She's looking for a I role. Think so. Didn't they cancel her show that we watched for a little yeah. bit and then didn't really finish watching?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it had an interesting hook,
1: I thought. At, uh, well, okay. I want you to imagine there's this lady. Yes. And she's trying to be good, but she can't be good because right. she's kind of a slutty thief. <laughs> and she does does she have a daughter that she her mother won't let her see? Yes, she, she does. Does. Yes. does she meet a man who uses her, his power over her as a man to get her to do things?
0: Yes, she does.
1: Batwoman.
0: All right. Okay.
1: A very proper <laughs> English Batwoman. I could see it. Yeah. Throw a wig on her. Yeah. Put a wig on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, unlike Michelle Williams. That's what Michelle Williams does. <laughs>
1: like smoke razor, the hell, hell with the flavor. Tell the jam like troops in Pakistan. Yorgos I hardly Lanthimos. Are <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos retrospective? Sure. What's a at the same time, spective?
0: I think you Current perspective. Current spective. Just looking
1: at it. Yeah. Just looking at his work, a Greek director of I I don't even know, like what, what's the genre? Drama.
0: God. It, drama with dark comedy and mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: occasional violence. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Well, um, let's talk about his film from 2011. It's his next film after Dogtooth from 2009. It's yes. called Alps. Yes. It was um, a, in competition at Venice uh, Film Festival, and it won uh, the Osella for Best Screenplay. Okay. So it was... At this point, I think people were like, this is a Dogtooth guy. Yeah. Um, but we talked about second films and the perils of second films before. Mm-hmm. I think that this one definitely falls through the cracks. Okay. It's not... As well thought of as Dogtooth, or his following film, his first American film, The Lobster. Sure. And we're gonna s- somehow find something to say about it. Yes. Because I have to say, watching it myself, I was like, "Yeah, it was fine," but there's not a, not a real way into this.
0: Uh no. It's. What happens? Okay. Helps. Try to summarize as best I can. Um. So, at, the Alps focuses on this group of people who have decided to name themselves after various Alps uh, mountains. The mountains. Yes. Uh. And what they do is they not really, like, they must have their own code that Mount Block, who is the guy who's in charge of the Alps group, kind of, like, goes by and we kind of see pieces of that as the film goes on but it's not like it's a quote-unquote professional company um but they basically um pretend to be other people uh for people like if somebody has just recently died they'll impersonate that person and try to like ease somebody's pain of losing them or because that'll do it right
1: to have a stranger pretend to be your daughter that died in a car wreck
0: exactly um
1: (laughs) that's just the (laughs) sorry to interrupt you you're fine but i mean you are pretty much done (laughs) unless you just tell everything that happens like that's the pitch yeah uh that is such a yorgos lanthimos thing where it's like hi welcome to our movie Uh, everybody drives cars nobody has a jetpack or anything but we're going to ask you to accept something That is more fantastical than a jetpack. Yes. And that's just, you're just going to have to swallow that. This is our movie, okay? Here we go. Yep,
0: exactly. (laughs) And that's
1: the thing in this one, that people would pay somebody else to impersonate their dead loved one. Yes. uh, Ostensibly to assuage their grief, Mm -hmm. although that's never followed up on. It's not like any person that they do this for is like, this has made me feel a lot better. Thank you so much for your help. Yeah. In fact, (laughs) the scenarios that we see go beyond just oh remember when she used to do this oh do that to very like negative and contentious moments in the relationship with that person they're not just reliving the good times they're reliving like the bad times like this one lady has a guy pretend to be her husband and then she wants him to i'm assuming it's her idea she wants him to recreate the moment that she caught him cheating with another woman yes (laughs) and you're like
0: who'd pay for this i know
1: but that's you just have to buy that to to move on um, this is, uh, of course, directed by Lanthimos, and it's written by him and co-written by um, Ethymus Philippou, who is his basically his collaborator for all of his work. Sure. Uh, also co-writes the screenplays. And it stars um, Angeliki Papawila, who was um, elder sister in Dogtooth. Yes. Uh, Ariane Labed, who is an actress who has been in other Greek films, some American films too, and is his wife. That's Larry uh, August Lanthimos' wife. Okay. And Iris um, Servitalis as Ambulance Man.
0: Ambulance Man or Mont Blanc? Mont Blanc. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, his job seems to be like pinpointing people who may be on the verge of death and then telling um, the actress who was in uh, Dog Tooth, hey, uh, so-and-so is on the verge of death. Why don't you befriend them and yeah. see if... Yeah.
1: He's a Mickey Mouse authority figure yeah. in this, uh-huh. which you see in pretty much all of his films. Don't let it out yet. We'll get to the game in a second. Okay. Uh, when people in an interview, uh, Lanthimos said that he considers this to be, I think the idea just came from meditating on people pretending to be other people uh, stealing identities sure uh, prank phone calls and spoofing and things like that and they just kind of thought like what if this Mm -hmm. Um, and he considers it to be really the opposite of dog tooth in that in that you have a character trying to escape a fabricated world and this is a story of a woman trying to subsume Mm -hmm. herself uh, and to enter a fabricated world
0: i guess i could see that for sure and sort of
1: like eliminate and destroy her own personality yeah, um, to become this other thing. Mm-hmm. We can talk about specific actions in the film or scenes if you want to. Sure. Um, but I find that this is a hard film to hold on to.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: The story of Dogtooth is, you know, there's a progression, there's a narrative. We see how the threads start to unravel of this tapestry as we get to the end. But it is a collection of sort of vignettes. Yeah. This doesn't, doesn't stick the same way that Doctooth does. I I, see what you're I don't want to. I'm not criticizing it uh, necessarily. I'm just saying that you meet these four or five people that, that do this. The Alps, although they don't really call themselves that, but no. um, but the, the Alps team. Sure. Um, you don't understand their connection. <laughs> it guy, there's like an ambulance driver or like a worker, a nurse. Then there's like a gymnastics coach and a gymnastics girl. Yes. How any of them are connected, we don't ever know.
0: The Ambulance guy seems to have an office at the gymnastics place, too.
1: Yeah, but that which could just is be, weird. here's an empty room. Yeah. This is my office. That's true. And we don't really know why they decided to do this. Yeah. And then we just see, you know, just different scenes of them plying their trade, focusing mainly on Nurse, played by um, Papalia. As the nominal sort of central character yeah. whose life is kind of coming apart mm-hmm. um, at the same time as she's trying to perform these services and kind of go into business for herself. Yes. Because we see that the that Mont Blanc um, hands these assignments out. Yes. And there's a side plot for the gymnast uh, where she wants this one assignment, um, but it doesn't seem like she's going to get it. Like they're not satisfied with her performance Yes. Um, pretending to be these other people. Yes. And so nurse takes it on herself to kind of open up her own shop. Yes. And she gets in trouble later on when they find out what she's done. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. She takes it upon herself to say, Hey, I could, um, you know, pretend to be your daughter and who knows, maybe she's charging them more money than she would be able to charge. If uh she went through Mont Blanc. might be
1: about money, but it it seems like it's about emotion though, too.
0: And maybe just power. Because the in look in that we get at
1: her home life is first of all, we can talk about that. That's confusing. But yeah. she's not how can you tell if somebody's depressed in a Yargos Lanthimos film?
0: It's not <laughs> how necessarily know? How do you even know? Easy. <laughs>
1: Super happy, suicidally depressed, looks the same. Yeah. But she's clearly not <laughs> satisfied. And also it seems like maybe the assignments that she's got suck yeah because she's got the one with the guy whose girlfriend has or, either wife or wife has either died or left him. left him like broken up acrimoniously yeah and so she's <laughs> she's has to play out these scenes where he explains they have dinner and he explains uh, all the different types of lighting fixtures. Yes, uh, we're getting to the game in a little bit uh, because that's what he does, and she has to pretend to be interested. Well, that doesn't sound very exciting. No, and then they're supposed to—they have this breakup, and then the breakup is followed by makeup sex, uh-huh. and she has to actually have the sex, which game's coming up uh, is completely passionless, and he wants her to say things that the his girlfriend said while they have sex. Yeah, which out of context, and it is out of context. I mean, it's in context of the sex, but it's missing the the passion and the yes. you know the abandon that you have in sex. She just sort of robotically says these things, and she's laughing because it's ridiculous, which yeah. I'm sure doesn't make him happy. No. So she can't do that well. And so she wants to take this side job as the young girl.
0: Who is a tennis player.
1: Right. Who has parents, and in a lot of ways, I mean, she's not a young girl, but that seems to be this life that she is yearning for, to be this. Yeah. To have parents a tennis and, star. and support and yeah yeah
0: at a boyfriend
1: yeah to have a life that she recognizes
0: yeah um
1: her chance to do it all again yeah that did it that's my <laughs> my jejun wrap up yeah of yeah I will, I will say that i did like the fact that i think this movie for the most part lacks a scene like we get in dog tooth which is the whole oh let me talk to this dog trainer think about dogs you gotta train them blah 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 and it's like right all right yeah we get it this yeah. is your hey this is the theme scene right he doesn't have that in this no he doesn't which is good
0: yeah uh and right before she has sex with the light shop guy she says uh what if Mont Blanc finds out about this which makes you really think that like they're he's not abusing supposed his to...
1: client's privilege
0: yeah like they're not supposed to actually have sex yeah uh, and he was all like, oh, he won't.
1: So maybe she's even in the course of her work, she's um, b- breaking the rules, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to either to get more money or because she's obsessed with being these other people like doing this job. Well, yeah, so
0: it's like a second job for her being a, if a people have
1: seen this movie, does this tell them anything about it?
0: I think it does. <laughs> did I you mean, like the film? I I did. Uh, it's it's another odd film. I just think that Yorgo Slanthamal does kind of odd films um, for yeah. what I've seen so far. And um,
1: I yeah. like there's a <laughs> there's a really weird scene where she she's kind of close with like her coworker, a fellow alp or whatever. She's the guy that she seems to get along with the most, uh-huh. and he's talking about the guy that cut his hair dyed or whatever yes And so she's like well i'll cut your hair right which is like is she doing him a favor or is she being the dead the guy's dead barber
0: i think she's <laughs> doing him a favor because but is
1: that but you can't his bar it's not like his barber moved away his barber died no and you're she's right she's doing that
0: you're right that is kind of but as soon as role. she gives him the
1: haircut and his hair looks exactly the same i know they're walking down the road and it's doing that like slow motion like uh uh Overcranked uh, yes. reservoir dogs thing. And I was yes. just thinking, do, 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 do. <laughs> so then I had this conspiracy theory that this is a homage to reservoir dogs, but I don't think it works.
0: Uh, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> she's pretending to be somebody. She's not like Mr. Orange.
0: Yes. I mean, I'm going to die. It's... I'm going to die.
1: You are not going to die. <laughs> Guy kind of looks like Harvey Cattell. No? Well, anyway, <laughs> if this is. Uh, Do you have anything else profound to say (laughs) or or, uh, good or bad about it? Because Um, I feel like this is entertaining but nearly impenetrable. Dogtooth is very weird, and I think sometimes it's weird on purpose to push you away. Absolutely. But I feel like you can sit down and basically figure out everybody's motivation, as weird as it may be. This, I think, is just art obscura. I think that there are... I don't think that everything tracks and I think that's kind of on purpose. I think it's just trying to be weird and I don't discount it out of hand for that reason but at some point you have to go, well, how far should I dig into it if there's nothing really there?
0: Right. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, it is just kind of a, a weird film and she takes it way too far. Yeah. Um,
1: and like we're seeing a pattern now Um, that, and we'll see this in later films too as well, Um, That in a Yorgos Lanthimos film, there is a world that has some ridiculous aspect that you have to accept in order to participate in the film. Yes. And there's a character that's usually a woman who must basically commit some act of self-destruction in order to try to escape the world. Yes. And sometimes succeeds and sometimes doesn't. Mm -hmm. And even that success is questionable. Yes. And on a closed trunk. Yes. (laughs) Uh, From the last film. And that will continue in future films. Okay. Which you haven't seen, but I have. No. So I think the best way to get into this as we sort of taper off uh, to the end of the segment is to introduce our game, which will help us. Yes. And the audience become more familiar with the films that we're talking about. We didn't do this for Dogtooth. Maybe we'll go back and um, do it. Do it for Dogtooth? Uh, But we'll just do it for this film. It's a bingo game. Yes. It's called Bingo's Lanthimos. Yes, it is. Because I can't stop doing that. And what I did was, uh, or what we did, is that we came up with um, 24 different things that are likely to appear in a Yorgos Lanthimos film. Yes. And I thought, unlike bingo, where we're just competing against each other because there's random numbers right it's I guess it's not really bingo it's more like a checklist uh, I, I, uh, fair but we'll just go through what we've got and see how it matches up maybe okay. give it a score at the end of the film all right or a, a segment so the first uh square i've got on here is unsexy sex check which would be in this case sex that is passionless dehumanized or in a weird place yes
0: in um
1: comfortable place
0: it, Your favorite movie, like his base, the basement to his lighting the shop. Lamp shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
1: awkward. Or her, uh, you know, getting to second base with the high school kid while the parents are watching.
0: Yeah, also weird. And then, and then That's her weird. going home and like turning the music up real loud, and them having sex, and like her dad's like in the other room.
1: And her, well, we'll save that for later. Yeah. Uh, here, okay, so check on that. Yeah. Did you check it? Check we're gonna check count these checks up later yes uh second box stilted dialogue
0: i think that's a check i think it's a given yeah uh head trauma check
1: got head trauma on this
0: yep um uh, mount Blanc, <laughs> like just reams are in the head with that
1: it's not what reaming is but i get, I get what you're saying yeah
0: like with that gymnastics like club
1: what was up with gymnastics
0: I think it was just like Other a than backdrop for those two characters and like
1: uh, area in the bed clearly was, you know, a gymnast. A, a gymnast when she was a kid or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, hits her in the head. Um yep.
0: he's like if this club turns blue, you're innocent. If this club turns red, you're guilty. It's like What's going to happen?
1: That leads to my next one, adults yeah. acting like children. And I think that that's a pretty oh, that's good example. It's just like a childlike track. logic. Like, what What are you even talking about? Like, that sort of simple, simple uh, binary kind of thing. Like, let's pretend that this is this, and then this is this. Yes. That's a good example of that. And also, it might lead into our next one, making up a game.
0: Um, this is definitely present in Dogtooth. Um, I would say it's present in this film as well, just because um they're putting on this like they're pretending to be these dead people. No, oh, you
1: think the entire premise is sort of that?
0: I, I kind of think so. Okay. Um, I don't know. That one might is not as definite uh, as in this film.
1: I'm but. willing to say no. Okay. If we don't want to do that one. All right, so, let's say okay, no then. That's a pass. Next square I've got is violent punishment, which we just uh, talked about. Check. Yep. Um, Next square, body horror. Also check. Any? Oh, really? What's the body horror in this?
0: Well, I mean, her, she has that head wound, and then she does her own stitches.
1: Hmm. Mm.
0: Would you say yay or nay?
1: I mean, she's got a... What's she going to do? Go to the doctor? She's a, Well, she's a nurse.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like doing your own stitches well, deb- is kind of weird.
1: Yeah. It depends on what the, we're defining as body horror because yeah. it's like taking something, somebody being hurt, a wound or something, and really right. focusing on that specifically. Yeah. Watching a lady stitch her own wound, that's body horror. Okay. We'll give that one to it uh next box inane discussion about material objects can uh, i use your coffee mug yes my coffee mug says los angeles on it can you, yes. will you clean it after you use it of course i will clean it yes later on the the fraught discussion of like you were mm-hmm. here all last night Do you didn't have any coffee oh i had coffee but you didn't, you didn't use, use my mug. mug i said you could use it yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a all try. right and then in my reading of that, my next box, flat effect. Yes. I think that that, that clears. Yes. Bribery in some form.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: Emotional or material?
0: Well, I mean, the lamp guy, I'm assuming he was bribing her with more money if she had sex with him. Sure. But, but maybe that. That's a
1: payment, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. What about the scene where um, gymnastics girl really wants to double for the dead tennis girl and in, we don't know the relationships between any of these characters, but she yes. basically like takes off her shirt, like That's for the coach true. and she's like, let me do some poses while I'm naked. Yeah. Please let me do the thing.
0: Like I want to dance to pop music. Please let me. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not no, ready for pop. I would
1: say. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bribery. Next awkward dancing. Check. Is there awkward dancing in this? Oh yes. Yeah. There's this uh, subplot the subplot where her dad, yeah, the nurse's dad, um, used to dance with her mother or whatever. And then she, when she's on her emotional bender, goes and grabs some random old lady. <laughs>
0: Who, starts... I think the dad was the person the dad was dancing with. Before. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, and then she does some awkward dancing to the music that she's listening to when she pretends to be this tennis player. Right.
1: I, the, the, her team dancing yeah yeah
0: and she takes her top off and is just dancing in her bra and that like maybe oh, the parents parents.
1: i didn't see you there yeah we were just studying
0: right like her maybe her <laughs> the parent girl's parents caught her dancing on her bra one time so they wanted to relive that for some reason right
1: that's so... we never see we only see it from the alps perspective and we never see the requests of the weird family members yes uh which is that's a choice for sure yeah but it might be interesting to see
0: what they're actually
1: asking them to do yes i'd like you to pretend that you're cheating on me with some other person uh next box misnaming things or people
0: well i mean they do you think the code names fit that alps i think that's the only thing that would make it fit
1: do you think it fits that
0: i think it kind of does but right. it's the same, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's, let's take it. Okay. Because uh, it's, it's all about identity. Yes. Uh, the center square is "Eleftheros uh, Koros, which means free space. <laughs> nice. In Greek. Nice. So next square, identity erasure. Oh, I think that We just talked about that. Yeah, definitely
0: present in this film. Yeah. So check.
1: Uh, the woman, the nurse is just trying to obliterate her own identity. Yes. Uh, By wearing that sweatband. Um, Yes. Self-mutilation.
0: Well, the gymnast tries to commit suicide. Does that count?
1: Ooh. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Check on that then.
1: Inappropriate family interaction. Yes. It's hard to know when you don't know the relationships between everybody else. But I've come to terms with the fact that that really is the nurse's dad yes but she's so what's the word psychopathic or sociopathic about her job as replacing people that she tries to replace her mom for a second and the dad's like what are you doing
0: stop it yeah yeah and he hits her yeah
1: appropriate uh american culture intrusion the intrusion of american culture into this film
0: um i would agree with that um like when Mount Blanc is asking the tennis the player, the dying girl, tennis player, uh what her favorite actor
1: is. Is it Jude Law? Is yeah. it Brad Pitt?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of got a collapsed lung. She's going in and out of consciousness. So she's like, uh, uh, Brad Pitt then. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh We know that he's just, he knows that she's going to die and he's just pumping her for like information about herself so they so can, they can use that to her parents. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, stickers. Then this is a real specific one, but we're two yeah. for two so far. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing stickers in the favorite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a stretch.
1: Stickers. Yes. Uh, predatory authority figures.
0: Um, I would say that's in this. Like the gymnast instructor is kind of...
1: Yeah, we don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Mont Blanc, um, as the de facto leader of the Alps, yes, seems to just, you know... I mean, he hits a lady in the head with a bowling pin or whatever. I know. So, uh, the people that... The, guy, the lamp store guy, you yes. know, is sort of has authority as as the sort of em- employer, if you will, of the nurse. Absolutely. Uh, so that's a check. Sadism. Mm, I don't know. The aforementioned hitting somebody in the head with a yeah. bowling pin. Yeah. No,
0: you're right. Yeah.
1: Is it sadism if it's not emotionally driven hmm. and could you ever know if something's emotionally driven in these weird ass Lanthimos movies? Well,
0: that's a good question.
1: I would say that like for, if a character tells another character to do something crazy and they're both crazy and the character does it like self mutilates or whatever, that's not necessarily sadism. But if we through the narrative clearly understand that this is above and beyond what's, called for in this weird world that's sadistic so the alps you know creating this clearly making up this punishment on the spot where this yes. thing is going to turn red if you're guilty that's yeah. sadistic
0: yeah no i would agree with that am
1: trying to think of dog tooth now
0: um when he decides he's gonna hit the the one lady who's the sex partner in the head with a vcr oh
1: never mind <laughs> check and check sexual fluidity
0: um which
1: is to say you know as far as the narrative goes we are clearly saying that we're straight I'm, i mean i'm not trying to i don't i'm not and i don't think that yours not the most is trying to contribute to bi erasure or something like that right we you know we know that sexual it's a it's a Continuum or whatever, yes. as far as we know, this girl likes boys, but for some reason she's you know making out with girls or she's being sexual with girls. Right. Um, see a lot of that in Dog Tooth.
0: Doc tooth. I don't think it's necessarily present here. Um, I don't know, what do you think?
1: I guess I'd have to agree, although okay. if the parents had told uh, the nurse that their daughter was a lesbian, she I think would, you would have, have, have absolutely that. seen that. Yeah, it's true. But we don't see that though. Okay. Um performing.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: You've got the uh, gym- gymnast performing her routines. Her routines. Um to classical and not pop music. Yes. Um the everybody is performing. essentially performing Yes. As, yeah.
0: As dead loved ones. What
1: about pets?
0: I don't feel like pets are really present. Wasn't as. there a pet in this somewhere? Was there? Somebody have a pet? I don't is remember. Is there a bird
1: or something? I don't know. Did the dad have a pet?
0: I don't remember having a anything. pet. I'm not getting
1: anything.
0: I don't remember there being any pets okay. in this. No pets
1: or animals? Yeah. Okay. No pets or animals? Um, <laughs> this, is, this comes up more than you'd think. Bathing suits.
0: Yes. <laughs> she goes swimming in the ocean. <laughs> Nurse goes swimming in the ocean. Yeah. With, like, lamp guy watching.
1: Uh, maybe that's just a part of. Of Greek life, because you live near the so ocean. So close to the so ocean. Everybody is a swim So everybody swims or is a swimmer, but... That can yeah, be. Um, Papalia is just like, boy, I bought this swimsuit. and just getting a lot of... Best <laughs> best thing I ever bought. A lot of mileage out of this. Yes. And the last square, the 24th or 25th square, actors' heads cut out of shot.
0: I don't remember this happening or not. This
1: because... does happen. Okay. This does happen. All right. Um, it's something that I noticed in Dogtooth... And I wasn't sure if it was like, does he know that that's not framed <laughs> up right? Right. I think he is d- specifically doing it to um, de-individualize or depersonalize, you know, the actors. Okay. And that is definitely a, a facet of this as well. Okay. If that goes forward into his new films, we don't know. But that's a big check on that one. All right. So you've been counting the checks I as have. I've been talking. How many checks do we have? Um, you weren't counting on I, a I talking. I, okay,
0: sorry. <laughs> We are missing one, two,
1: three. So that's 21. Yeah. 21 score.
0: 21.
1: For this round of Bingo's Lanthimos.
0: Yes.
1: Would you recommend this film?
0: I I would recommend it. It's it's a very bizarre film. but Would you recommend it as like a...
1: When you recommend a film, are you like, you got to see this? Or is it like... Watch Oh yeah, no, check it out. Check it
0: out. Uh, <laughs> no, I I think when I recommend a film, I, I actually enjoyed watching it. So I you know, I think that you can get something out of it if I recommend it. That's yeah. what I'm how I feel.
1: Uh I agree. I recommend it as well, although I would definitely let people know it's of the films that we're gonna talk about, it's the least good. But still it's <laughs> okay. like a B plus. Yeah. To be plus. I would
0: I would say that's fine. It Does it
1: match up to a dog tooth or some of the upcoming films? Uh, in another two weeks we'll be talking about the next film in his oeuvre. Yes. And his first American film, which was very divided in its reception when it came out. It's called The Lobster. Yes. And this is before I remember hearing about the lobster. Okay. And I'd seen Dogtooth in two thousand nine, but I wasn't like tracking my Yorgo, so, like when The Lobster came out, you know, people described it, and I was like, that sounds a lot like a Yorgos Lanthimos film, but I didn't give much thought. And people were oh, like, okay. Some people hate this. And it's getting one star reviews, and it's like Whoa. five out of 10 on IMDb. And I was like, well, I should stay away from that. But then, thank God, I made the connection. Oh, they hate it because they don't get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what happened to people just going, I like it.
0: Yeah, I know. The kidding. Ocean Walker. What happened to that? Yeah.
1: So, anyway, uh, we'll be covering that next. Still torn about whether we should cover Kineta, uh from 2005 or My Best Friend, his first film from 2001 that he uh, co directed with somebody else. Oh, wow. Huh. Those are very small films. Those are like, you know, like short camcorder. Like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Although, I mean, they got releases in Greece. but
0: Okay. So, anyway, we'll see. All right.
1: Looking forward to The Lobster?
0: Uh, yeah. What I do am. you think The Lobster's about? I think I saw a trailer for it. Oh, okay. So, I, <laughs> well, I Well, then we'll just <laughs> I Have an idea it's about people it's about like Colin Farrell. Yeah, about somebody like finding their mate and if they can't find their mate, they get turned into a And
1: that's what you have to swallow yes. to join this world. Yes. So, we'll be doing that next time.
0: All right, sounds good.
1: Bring your melted butter. Okay. <laughs> Well, from the scariest director of all time to something only slightly less scary, <laughs> let's start talking about Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Because that's what people care about. Yes. People forget is. about Frankenstein.
0: The, the scientist.
1: So much so that you can just drop him for the third film.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Because the actor didn't want to come back.
0: No. Because
1: <laughs> uh, the director wasn't coming back. Yes. But save it. Save it. Um, your. are experience history slash whatever with the lore cult experience dream mystery of
0: Frankenstein s- serial,
1: <laughs> breakfast cereal right. uh Frankenstein
0: um I read the book in high school and we talked about it in like I think it was AP lit. Um and I had a friend who insisted that we called uh it Frankenstein's creature and that was more pc than monster
1: pc wow <laughs>
0: uh, fictional character rights yeah come on uh, um but you know uh that's the main thing i kind of remember from reading it and um but it's a it's an epistolary novel largely and um it you know Mary Shelley supposedly uh, read it, and it came to her her in a dream, supposedly, the initial idea of uh, Frankenstein. And uh, um, I think she came up with something, you know, pretty um, original. And I think it's a 1931 film where I think we get the iconic look of the creature. Being green and having the bolts in its neck and kind of a flat top.
1: What else is in your notes? <laughs>
0: um, You're supposed
1: to be giving your, your personal my
0: personal. You,
1: you gave it, okay. I guess to the to, to the for the most part. Um, I guess the reason I ask is because I want to know by the end of this, like lock the doors, nobody gets out of here until we know f- definitively why this has continued for so long do you know what i mean
0: yeah i know what you mean
1: i i, I it's not and i'm gonna play uh monster's advocate here you know it's okay. not that i don't like frankenstein but i don't understand why it's still such a thing except when 1931 hit mm-hmm. we have this thing now that celluloid and also television airwaves uh tape magnetic tape yeah and now the digital you know, flash memory keeps things around. Mm-hmm. So if we had the old thing where everything's just a book or you just go see something on a stage, new stuff comes up, we discover a new country, we assimilate their myths or whatever, and we're always kind of looking at new stuff. Yeah. But now you have business and money involved. So Universal will always trot these guys out every few years because they are trying to make a buck and the government says that they, and only they, own them. Mm -hmm. So once we hit 1931, we are stuck with Frankenstein. But if 1931 hadn't happened or if they'd never invented a movie camera, would we still be talking about Frankenstein? You know what I mean?
0: That's a really good question. Because
1: a lot of that, even the popularity of it in the 1800s was due to it uh, being a play. Yes. You know, it came out and was positively received for the most part, but then it became a play and people were excited about that. And so it got another edition and kind of went on from there. Yes. And sure, it was done on stage up until the point that they made a film out of it. Yes. Um, you know, the James Whale 31 version was adapted from the play itself. Mm-hmm. But once Commerce gets involved, I think it's suspect as to I'm not saying people don't love it. I love it but i don't i don't care <laughs> after 1931 i don't care like sure. why was there a tom cruise mummy movie yeah because money yes so like up to that point late mid to late 19th century early 20th century what is it that we really loved and dug about it
0: um i think
1: cuz outside of just one more thing and then yep. i'm done talking <laughs> cuz outside of frankenstein capital f there aren't a lot of stories where somebody creates life we've shifted that to uh ai and artificial intelligence that's the new i'm your creation and you abandoned me and now i'm gonna send lasers after you right for that side and then zombies have taken over the the dead live type thing yeah no you're right but unless it's capital f i just don't think we don't see a lot of frankenstein type stories
0: no you're right we don't um i think people are obsessed with the idea that somebody uh, like a scientist is uh, I guess has enough of an ego to think that he can recreate life and then he is successful but he then kind of decides that he doesn't want to um, take care of this creature and like he um, kind of abandons it and you know, decides it's horrific and uh, kind of wishes he hadn't created it. But maybe he would do the same thing all over again. I don't and know. And it's all
1: tied to religion. Again, in this scenario, this you know fantasy world where the movie camera was never invented, 1930, moving on from there, religion is becoming less and less a part of our daily lives. And the That's idea true. that you are somehow transgressing against God in a sci-fi story, the very first... Do you consider this to be the first sci-fi tale? Yeah, it's, I would. It's often said that, and I think it's specifically because there's fantastic sort of things in stories before this, but mm-hmm. this is the first time that the main character is a scientist. He's specifically employing science to do this fictional thing. and yes. so Yeah. But, you know, Age of Reason and the Industrial Revolution and all the the puppy was a revolution <laughs> like all these things are starting now and i'm not saying have religion fine but it's not it doesn't drive not everything is done under the auspices and reflection of this revolution or this uh religious idea right and you know like you said he's like creates this and he's like uh, wh- who am i to do this even in the 1931 film he's like i'm i'm a god now i know how god feels right if that never happened would we still in 2018 when we don't seem to like care so much about what god thinks about drones and cell phones and stuff like that right does that even apply anymore if you made a 2018 version of frankenstein that did involve you say creating um genetically some new life form or something like that mm-hmm. um like the Titan, that Sam Worthington movie on Netflix where sure. they turn him into an alien or whatever. Uh-huh. Does anybody ever say God in it? I seriously doubt it. I,
0: I, I doubt it. I'll
1: never know because I will watch the movie. <laughs> but that's just a, that's such a huge part of the underpinnings of this story. The yeah. idea that mm-hmm, you did something you shouldn't. Yes. And I think it's ironic that the first science fiction tale is like, science sucks. <laughs> or at least like science should not go. There's some places science should not go.
0: Yes. Yes, there are some places that are too far that man should not reach for. Um
1: says God, I, I guess. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's in yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's um I don't know. It's it's troubling. I mean, do we it, when is it okay to play God or is it ever okay? I think you're saying it's not okay.
1: Johnny Depp, Transcendence. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm I'm doing the work here. I'm trying okay. to trying to look for Frankenstein esque modern stories. Sure. That are divorced of this thing because in some alternate universe where it's 2018 and we got um, integrated circuits, but we're still you know wearing um, whalebone corsets and, and stuff like that. Sure. Ooh, does that exist? Like a steam slash Ooh. cyberpunk. Steamboat punk?
0: I don't know if I've ever Cyber seen Steam. it before. <laughs> Cybersteam. I just invented it's like Cybersteam.
1: I like it. This can never be published Okay. cuz we're going to go all the way with Cybersteam. <laughs> uh, you, you don't you you couldn't have this. Mm-hmm. Or, or or no, I mean what I mean is you would have this still. So it would be do we have the right to make an AI or I don't know. I guess those things still do exist in our stories, but I think that they are vestigial organs still from this you know, Western Judeo-Christian sort of tradition that mm-hmm. our society is based in. Yeah. It's too deep? No, or I don't just think it's, I don't More think it's fire true. bad? Or what do we need to do? <laughs> Something else that is really romantic about this, literally romantic, is the, um, is the origin story of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how did J.K. Rowling come up with Harry Potter? Well, she was sick of being poor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she uh, stole some movies, things from other movies. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter. <laughs> but the idea that... It's just so, um, it's a pre-Victorian, technically, but just this idea of this romantic uh, lord and his young wife are traveling through the countryside. And, of course, they're, you know, it's Byronic. Yes. Literally. Right. And they're like, let's tell stories. Let's do a game. We're going to come up with these stories. And the fact that it came to her in a dream. And then when you look at the historical details, like the idea that, of course, more religious undertones, you know, it is subtitled The Modern Prometheus, Mm -hmm. and the entire thing is, has parallels with Paradise Lost, which of course were in um, Shelley's mind. And the idea that Victor as a creator is, you know, he abdicates his role, he's a deadbeat dad, just like her husband was when she had a miscarriage or, you know, had a baby that was sick and her Husband's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to continue to travel just without you and with, you know, your sister or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so people see reflections in the character of Victor with that and that he's also a father who is kind of skipping out. So yes. there's still a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just think that that's for me. I, I like the story. I think it's a good story. But the circumstances around the story make it so fascinating to me.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's...
1: And then there's the James Whale movie.
0: Yes. I'm Henry
1: Frankenstein.
0: I don't I've understand. invented a new kind of
1: brill cream.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why they changed Frankenstein's name to Henry, and Victor then... Victor
1: is a little too not white?
0: I guess, but then they have another character named Victor in the film, yeah. which is who incredibly has a... confusing. Yeah,
1: who looks like he's a shade darker than Eggshell.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And does nothing in the film.
0: no. Mm-mm.
1: are we done talk about the book want to talk about the film
0: <laughs> yeah let's talk about the film
1: okay so anyway books wrapped up yeah would you recommend the book
0: um i would recommend the book i think it's a it's an interesting read and if you're at all interested in frankenstein you might as well read the <laughs> source material yeah, i
1: guess so so <laughs> yeah uh Eckhart Eckhart hooks him in yeah. and <laughs> mary shelley finishes him off right um, I've heard from a lot of people that it hasn't aged well, and I don't know how you can okay. bother to say that about a two hundred year old book. Of course, right. it hasn't aged well. Right. Uh, it's not exactly a feminist text. No. I think maybe people are mad that such a high profile female author delivered a not very feminist text. But it's two hundred it years the ago. Times. It's two hundred yeah, years ago. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I love literature of this era, the Gothic fiction and horror, and I love a good. Pistolary novel yes so yeah definitely check it out yeah. um let's talk about 1931 james wales movie frankenstein yes let's which is of course about frankenstein yes it is not the monster no no because it's called frankenstein
0: yeah but it's also about the monster yeah.
1: but you can't call a film frankenstein's monster
0: no <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue no um so yeah this is maybe the beginnings of where people got confused that frankenstein was the monster's name or something like that I th-
1: but yeah but i think in bride and son they don't even really bother it's yeah, just how brain. do we refer to this guy it's yeah. just frankenstein
0: yeah um also frankenstein sounds creepy i don't
1: yeah. know no, it's it a just real does. name i know mary shelley visited like a frankenstein castle in her travels okay so just to backtrack a little one of the other things that i think is funny is that I think that she didn't. She publish it under like a pseudonym. Like she, it wasn't I think originally, originally. Yeah. Yes. And she was also really worried about people. I mean, she's married to a poet and author. Yeah. She's worried that people wouldn't think that she wrote she it. She wrote it. So she hid a lot of her sources. Okay. The th- like the fact that they visited a Frankenstein castle, where apparently like a, but see back in the day, there was no such thing as a scientist. Sure. There was kind of science but like it was the playground of the rich like you're rich and idle so you would you know p- pretend you do alchemy you know or you'd sure. work on weird stuff and um so um, i think there was an alchemist that worked in Frankenstein castle anyway and then other places they went there was they went to like one town where there was a scandal involving grave robbers
0: okay sure and
1: so but she didn't talk about any of that cuz she didn't nowadays you'd think where your ideas come from right it's we know that people are inspired by stuff it's fine right jim butcher is like yeah i like scary stories and detective novels the dresden files right but i think that she felt like she had to hide that kind of stuff which is because
0: she didn't want people where'd the last man
1: come from that's what i want to (laughs) know Yeah, so anyway, uh, 1931, James Whale, of course, a uh, famous uh, stage director who uh, went on to become a Hollywood director, mm-hmm. directed this, Invisible Man, some other horror films, yes. and some drama films as well, uh, was well known at that time, and yeah, found this Boris Karloff guy. Yes. <laughs> Turned out to be uh, a real, real good bet. Yeah. People like that guy.
0: Yeah. He, this was his first film. Real
1: iconic. We saw this film the other night. Yes, we at did. At the local Art House Theater, Trilon yes. Cinema. If you want to sponsor us, we're still here.
0: Yes.
1: Um, what'd you think? Did you
0: see this before? I don't think I'd ever seen this before. I could
1: have sworn This is one of those things that I know I forced myself to watch at some point. Sure. I don't remember anything from it.
0: Yeah. Um, there's... I don't know.
1: Want me to do it? Yes. It's not very good.
0: <laughs> wow. It's I not- was afraid to say that. Well... I
1: fear no monster and no movie. Uh, right. It's not very good. And you go, well, it's a different time. It was. But just a little while ago, we talked about another movie from 1931, mm-hmm. which remains to this day a classic film. M. M. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing against James Whale, but some people really knew where things were going in terms of like what cinema was going to look like in the future. And other people were just kind of filming plays. Yeah. And basically doing it in one take. <laughs>
0: Well, did, like, do like... you really want to do
1: this with his guys back to the camera yeah, okay that's All fine right. we'll just set that torch down on the paper mache floor that's I fine i love when the baron comes in and he's like you're trying to burn the place down i'm like thank you <laughs> exactly a lot of scenes where it's like okay i'll see you later okay fine what film the guy going out go back to the person they're like <laughs> no, maybe I'll come along. And then film them going out. Yep. Uh, well, oh, come on in. Go upstairs. Follow the people go upstairs. Back downstairs. They're like, Should we go upstairs? Let's go upstairs. <laughs> film them going up the stairs. I mean they're yes. great stairs, but ate up a lot of time. Yes. People going up and downstairs.
0: Yes, it did. Um wasn't didn't Dracula come out the same year as well? Yeah. Like nineteen thirty one? Big year for horror. Um, yeah. Universal. Um Yeah, um and like Elizabeth is, you know, worried about him and she tells Victor, oh, I'm going to come with you at the last minute, like similar to what you were talking about. Um,
1: what, the, uh, bleh, the adaptation here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Um, like, what, why do you think they made some of the choices they did? Other than geez. let's just set it. In, it's just set modern day or if it's not, it's set at a sort of indeterminate. Time, but that's clearly not eighteen eighteen. But right, yeah.
0: Um, I think they decided to, um, well, like you said, I think it mostly takes place in Germany, um, or Switzerland or or whatever, Switzerland or like the German-speaking part of Switzerland or whatever. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be taking place in two different countries like the novel does. Um. I think they did that for simplicity's sake. And also, we just need the creature monster to get to where Frankenstein lives so he can uh, horrorize them on the wedding Turning Victor
1: to Henry, having a buddy. Yeah, they make Victor Henry and Henry Victor, basically. Yeah. Only Henry is Victor. (laughs) Let's just say the friend. The friend is there. Yes. But doesn't do anything. No. Um, the wife, you know, uh, Elizabeth or whatever is there, um, and is scared, but doesn't, not killed. Right. Um, they don't go to the North Pole. Nope. Uh, he's, well, you know, let's just not talk about the sequels, I guess. He dies in a, in a burning windmill. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like other than, than just a concession to the conventions of 1930s film which is two pale-faced white people have to fall in love and get married Mm -hmm. and maybe they've got a buddy with a mustache right and then there's an old guy like doing vaudeville jokes right what did you think about the choices that they made because the theme is completely different insofar as there is at all a theme yeah why
0: I have no idea why it's so different. Um, Well, you're going to
1: have to come up with something right now. And,
0: uh, well, I thought, like, when she wants to talk to him during their wedding day before the wedding, I mean, that's bad luck and, like, certainly didn't help for the rest of the day. I mean, although they have no control over whether the creature shows up or not. Um, And, like... I don't know, like something with like, like Henry, like he feels like it's a great idea at first. He has the, the creature around and then like his professor hangs around and then he decides uh oh he murdered Fritz, his um lab assistant who was not present in the book. Fritz had either. it coming. Yeah. Um but then he, he kinda decides, Oh, he's a menace and we should kill him so they make some sort of serum and like inject him with it. But it obviously doesn't work but they think that it does it works
1: and then we see in his notes that he's been giving it to him continually and he's building up a resistance to it
0: okay all right that wasn't very clear to me um
1: how fast can you read cursive
0: <laughs> not super fast well,
1: i can read it real fast okay i, I guess i'm not i'll provide what I'm, I'm not getting here which is a frank discussion so to speak of the themes present here because i think there's a lot going on in the book, outside of the turgid, bodice-ripping sort of melodrama of a romantic novel uh, mm-hmm. of, of gothic horror. But there are these ideas that, like, you know, does... If we're going to play God, do we have the stones to stick around and be God, you know, and, and gods and fathers, and, and um, whether... And Mary Shelley would never suggest this. I don't know if she was suggesting this, but, you know, whether God is present you know of God if there is a God or a father to go to sure um do you know what I mean also just personal responsibility and also Frank <laughs> the monster um being a a satanic you know figure or a Byronic figure and also feeling remorse as well you know for the sins that he has committed in his ignorance um but committed all the same and you know consigning himself to he I mean, he commits suicide, basically at the end of the book Frankenstein, yeah, suicide by North Pole yeah um if he can die, we don't know right um this uh no, just uh i, I made a made a dead guy alive, yep, <laughs> and then huh, that might not have been a great idea, uh, we're gonna take care of it, but I'm not gonna take care of it because yeah. I'm gonna get freaked out. And have to go to bed for a while until I wake up with uh, my dog and some tea. Right. And then forget all about it and just get married. And then Mm -hmm. whatever happened to Professor so-and-so? Right. (laughs) And then, uh, oh, oh, a girl's dead. (laughs) She doesn't look like a flower. Uh, And then, you know, just get dragged into a windmill and a town burns it down. And no more lines, but I guess I'm alive somehow. But in the in Bride of Frankenstein, they kind of retcon it that they they think that he's dead, but he is actually alive, which is like great retcon, guys.
0: <laughs> um, I Whale, don't think Whale, yeah,
1: was took it seriously. In fact, I know he didn't take it seriously. Okay, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You talked about black comedy in terms of Yorgos Lanthimos before. I think that he just saw this
0: as, as a comedy, as a lark.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, it begins at a funeral and there are two guys who are like, yeah. look at this funeral. He's like, no, 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 get down. <laughs> you know, it's like, it is ridiculous. Yes. But it was never taken that way. It's taken as this like, so, so a guy comes out at the beginning and goes, careful, you might get too scared by this. Yes. <laughs> and I Even in the 30s, I don't think people that, that was true, right?
0: I don't think so.
1: They're laughing while they... Well, we're kind of moving into gods and monsters now, but like they're laughing while they're "quote unquote" scared, right? Yes, I would. They're
0: scared I wouldn't about the poor
1: so. fire safety in this in this film. It's,
0: it's terrible. <laughs> um, well, one other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That actor
1: is clearly has dementia and doesn't know. Right? <laughs> Did he know there was a script? Right. That's what scares me. The elder <laughs> abuse in this production. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Um, so when they're putting the the mob together. And uh, you know, they have Maria's father, a uh, Burgermeister and um uh Frankenstein. Nobody is like you did this, boo, boo to you, and I, I can't. Has you know, anybody
1: put that playing. together?
0: I don't know. I don't know if they ever put it together. Yeah,
1: that doesn't track. That's something yeah. that James Wells should have probably paid attention to, but I think yeah. that he didn't really care.
0: I guess so. <laughs> Because, I mean, I would think that the mob would almost be against Frankenstein or be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, but I still
1: don't think that they... All they know is that... A girl died. Yeah. And then I'm assuming, and I don't think the movie says this, but somebody saw somebody fleeing from the scene. It wasn't just she decided to play in the water.
0: Right. Right.
1: See, if she'd stuck with... Cats hate water. If she'd stuck with the cat, it would have been fine.
0: Yes. Um... She was too innocent for her own good. Um, Yeah. Um,
1: A, B, normal.
0: A, B, normal, yes.
1: That's something else. It's not... Frankenstein has cured death, everybody. Yes. That is amazing. Yes. That isn't a... a, Oh, we went too far. What we did was we didn't vet our hires. (laughs) Fritz is yes. such a dummy. Yes. He drops a good brain and picks up a criminal brain. Yes. And they keep talking about how, like, oh, he's the misunderstood monster. Well, that's your reading because this is just a criminal in a superpowered body. Yes. <laughs> it's like if you just took, like, a purse snatcher, a lot of purse snatchers yes. in the 1870s, uh, and just put him in the body of, like, a Superman, bad news, right? Yes. <laughs> that's all it's going He's misunderstood. I, but we're led to, I don't know, maybe the guy was pouring it, the guy that was showing us the brains, the, the professor was pouring right. it on thick. Like, we don't know that maybe. guy's life. Yeah. that AB normal brain's life. <laughs> but it wasn't, if you had put like Albert Einstein's brain in there, right. you'd have the end of Don Frankenstein, where yeah. he's like, everyone, please, <laughs> listen, listen to me. Yes,
0: exactly. Well and I want to know what Frankenstein was doing when he didn't read the the label on the the container. <laughs> <I knew it's... laughs> you know? It's, it's right.
1: It's bad quality control. Yes. Because okay, so Fritz can't read. Got right. it. But then he hands Frankenstein the jar. Does he just jam his hand in there? I know. Is that reading the jar? No, I yeah. know. Yeah. Exactly. Mistakes were made at every level. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun, but it's just as somebody who at least, you know, for now in the last couple of years, hasn't seen it, not thinking about it, watching it for a quote unquote the first time. Yeah. It's not great.
0: It's it's not. Um it's fun. there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah, there's problems. Um I was I was surprised that Elizabeth wasn't killed. I mean uh I guess yay, but um, you know, I thought the month that the creature was going to kill her, and I was kind of. But surprised. our young couple
1: has to get together at the end.
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Well, speaking of people getting together, to people being kept apart. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good at this. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the 1998 film, Gods and Monsters. Let's. Had you seen this before we watched it for this show?
0: No, I had not seen it before.
1: What is this movie about?
0: Uh, this movie follows uh, James Whale, who is the director of. Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and the Fizzle Man, among other films. Right. Um, and he is an aging uh, former director uh, in the 1950s, and he's suffered at least one stroke. So he's not as spry as he used to be, and um, he's experiencing a little bit of... <laughs> he's pretty spry. <laughs> he's fairly spry.
1: That makes up a, a yeah. lot of the action of the film. okay.
0: But he's experiencing a little bit of dementia, and he's getting, like, like these nightmaric dreams of, like, when he was in World War II—I I mean, World War I, excuse me. Um, and uh, he's having these, these flashes of, that are kind of dark, um, kind of of his films, too. But, um, get to George of the Jungle. Yeah, so he has a gardener who is, works on his his yard. He's fairly wealthy still, and that's Brandon Fraser, and they kind of uh, get have a relationship with each other where um, Brandon Fraser is like posing for uh, sketches. Right,
1: but no homo. Brandon <laughs> Frazier is a red <laughs> red blooded, steak loving, lady banging American dude.
0: That's right yeah
1: He's m- i gotta mow these lawns you yeah. guys you has got a beer gonna mow lawn. yeah exactly he's a, he's a proto bro yes pro bro Seth. <laughs> yeah and uh hilarity ensues yeah um where do we go i saw this when it came out did you yeah and i um without getting too deep into it i was you know in, in a different place sure uh to christian college yeah so <laughs> and i remember that this was like this is the movie where the old guy tries to have sex with a young man and he says no 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 but he kept <laughs> trying why would he do that um, oh my gosh so i just you know i was all screwed up when i saw this movie so sure. i'm glad i saw it again uh as a sane person because <laughs> it means uh, a lot more to me now sure uh it was written uh it was adapted from a book by Christopher Bram, which is basically the same thing. The book's called Father of Frankenstein, and it's the same. It's all the same, basically. Sure. And it was uh, directed and written by Bill Condon, uh, who is, we talked about previously, he did Kinsey. Yes. Movie Kinsey, amongst other things. And just for bookkeeping, um, a screenwriter, director, and author of the book, All Gay. Sure. So this is certainly intended as, you know, a parable about... Gay Hollywood in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So watching this film, which by the way I loved and I want to watch again soon, um, it's not gay enough (laughs) 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 for a movie that's basically about one of the. And the thing about James Whale is that he, you know, I don't know what this is like in the 30s or 40s, right? But he was out. Yes. Like he refused to, in fact, they kind of take shots at uh, George Cukor or whatever, who was another um, director at the time who was not out necessarily, but he was definitely, you know, known as like one of the highlights or or pinnacles of, uh, you know, like gay directors in cinema. Sure. Um, But he didn't take shit from anybody as far as that goes. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people think that that led to, you know, the decline of his career. Yeah. Combined with The Road Home, which was sort of a disaster that he was... um, uh, directing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he also directed Hells Angels too, or at least he directed like the dialogue parts, and then Hughes directed all the right. airplane parts. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, he didn't take any shit from anybody. Um, there are other like gay characters, and we get flashes of like what the sort of gay underground was like in Hollywood. But screw Brendan Fraser. I wanted a movie that was all about that. Yeah. You know, for a movie that's supposed to be about how this guy who historical record but i guess spoiler like kills himself over this stuff yeah i thought they leaned way too heavily on his dementia his health problems and his sorrow over the people that he's lost you know this one guy in particular yeah wouldn't having to endure discrimination for being gay in hollywood yeah that alone has driven people to suicide and so for something that's supposed to be you know a voice and have advocacy for people like this Mm -hmm. i thought it way downplayed that and maybe that was part of getting it made because like i said before in the 90s it's like oh this old guy's gonna try to suck this (laughs) Do you know what i mean yes like maybe it was they had to do that to get it through i don't know
0: it's entirely possible. Even
1: the end of it where it's like, well, now Brendan Fraser is like, he totally has a wife and he's got a young little blonde son even though he and his wife aren't blonde. I don't know. And <laughs> it's just a real no homo sort of ending for me. Yes,
0: it is. Uh, which, I don't know, I think I kind of hit that a little too hard. Yeah. Um, And is it really, really important to the film that we get that Brendan Fraser is not homosexual? I mean... Oh, yeah. <laughs> It it just it comes across as being homophobic, which I don't think the <laughs> yes, film it
1: does. Yes, I don't
0: think the film was intended to do. No, but,
1: no, I no, I don't think so.
0: But it it just it definitely comes across that way. Is this
1: his story? No, no, no. He is the weirdly f- flat coiffed gardener. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. This is a story about James Whale. Yes, and then I guess maybe kind of about him, but. His revelations are uninteresting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to follow James Whale. This movie also plays very close to the chest with things that I think it would be more interesting if they were in the open the whole time. Because what we get at the end is, yes, he finds Brendan Fraser attractive. I mean, he's a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. And James Whale's lonely. Yeah. Um, But we get more at the end that he keeps pushing him about this sort of gay thing because... He's seen that he could be violent, and guess what? Surprise! James Whale well wants him to kill him. He wants to be killed by this guy, yes. um, partially because he doesn't really know what he's doing because of this dementia, but also because he's just—I mean—he accomplishes what he, his goal at the end of the film. Yeah, and that's all fine and good, but that makes him more of a tool. The monster. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to follow. I don't have to see him go to his shitty life and make his friends watch frankenstein i don't care about any of that stuff right he is an object he is literally objectified yep. he is the creature he is drawn you know by or at least he tries to draw him by james whale like yes. he is the figure the statue of the adonis like that yes i don't care about his life it's not his story
0: no i would agree with you but they felt like they had to stuff that in there
1: yeah i haven't read the book i don't maybe it's maybe it more is or maybe it's book. less who yeah. knows in the book
0: um but they they really hit it pretty hard, and um, I think I think James Whale wants him to kill him because he I don't know he's afraid of doing it himself or yeah um, he just likes the idea of being killed by uh, like a, a creature figure or something or, like that yeah. yeah I mean at one point. His housekeeper gives him a bottle of pills, which he's supposed to take, like, one of to go to sleep. And he, like, pours them all <laughs> that out. That weird, too, yeah. And he's, like, thinking about taking them all. And then he imagines her finding him. Yeah. And, like, he just starts laughing.
1: This, Yeah, the movie also plays fast and loose with these sort of imaginary scenarios. And what I mean by that is usually you kind of pick an idiom in which they'll be delivered. Mm-hmm. Like, I get... He's having bad dreams, right? So yes. he goes to sleep and he dreams. He sees the crappy backdrop of the set of the original uh, Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And then Brendan Fraser's the doctor and he's putting a brain inside of uh, Ian McKellen's head. Yes. And he feels like he can't be who he is. And they yes. got it, right? But then you've got these fun cutaways where she's like, no. Yes. <laughs> and then he cut back and he's like, oh, that'd be funny. Right. <laughs> I'm
0: like, what? Like, and then was- you
1: have, he's literally hallucinating, like, uh his his lover from World War one like at parties and stuff, and so yes. the movie they would call it dreamy, I would call it inconsistent <laughs> it has this the reality is kind of permeable uh mm-hmm. in this film, but never to any real i think it's most effective when we are experiencing his detachment from reality in uh being like he talks about how his sense of smell is has and after the stroke has been affected and he's smelling things that aren't there. And those of course lead to these reveries, you know, those that's more interesting to me. I like the gag where he thinks about taking the pills. Yes. It reminds me of, um, a Christmas story. Okay. You know, when, uh, Ralphie thinks about things like, Oh, I'm blind mother. It was soap poisoning. No! Cause they made him, you know, t- 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 soap open his mouth. For yes. cursing And stuff like that. Right. Um, but it isn't really, like, how does that fit into right. what else is going on? I don't it know.
0: doesn't really. No. Um, and it's not called back to, like, again. It's not as if he imagines some other way of killing himself and then starts laughing.
1: And Brendan Fraser is not gay and he's not even curious. Yeah. Which is fine. I don't yeah. feel like, you know, the mag- magnetism of a um, late middle age in McKellen is supposed to just flip at anybody's gay switch. Right. <laughs> But they have to keep going back, and it's like, oh man, he's real frustrated. He's just gonna just tunnel a hole through some chick he doesn't even know. You know, he's gonna drink some beers and yell at his ex girlfriend. And right, is he a brute and a monster, metaphorically or really or not? That's not necessary. I don't care about any of that. It's undeveloped.
0: Yeah, it's definitely underdeveloped. Um, I think maybe they're trying to kind of say that metaphorically, but. But in the end, he's married and has a kid, so it just, just seems moot.
1: Yeah, that's um, the well. That's the sort of thing that that's a you know five six page afterward or yes. epilogue in a book yeah. that you leave out of the film. Yeah, they find him in the pool. Yes, it's sad. Find some way to make it kind of lighthearted because that's, that's kind of how James way... Whale looked at his horror work. Yeah, so it's not so horrible. <sighs> not this, not this, but like a Titanic thing where he. Is reunited with his friend from World War one or whatever.
0: <laughs> so right, right. Not
1: that, but something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little unnecessary Brendan Fraser voiceover. Sure. And that's when I learned that some people are gods, some people are monsters, or something. And then right. credits get out. Credits. Yeah,
0: exactly. Not him walking around pretending like to be a monster in the rain. In
1: the alley, which was his idea, apparently. It's
0: just so bad. <laughs>
1: But you'd recommend the movie? (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, I thought the movie was entertaining. uh, It
1: won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it was one of only three movies in the history of the Oscars to be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, but not uh, for Best Picture.
0: Oh, okay. Were the other two?
1: I don't know off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, Interesting. And then uh, McKellen and Lynn Redgrave both nominated for their roles. Sure. Um, Lynn Redgrave, great. Yes. I hope it was for supporting... Yes. Maybe it's worth the supporting, but otherwise it's fun a character, but not really important. Yeah, necessarily. Um, McKellen should have won. I don't know who won that year. Yeah, he should have won. Yeah, he's just he hands did a down. Great job. Yep, he yeah. makes this film.
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely about him. Um, well,
1: yeah, but <laughs> I know. But he's arresting.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Half the time he's just talking about other things that aren't happening right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's just <laughs> describing. His childhood, or whatever, and just the yeah, it's and then (laughs) I it's also I think it's great because it's really subversive, but we don't know this guy yet, like, we don't really know what who he is and what he'll do. And the movie begins with him taking advantage, yes, in a I don't think I don't know what he would have done, but in a fun way uh of this guy who comes to see him yes who honestly is trying to kind of take advantage of him yes uh with this interview and also later on we learn that he's a upward climber yes uh, ho- in hollywood uh but yeah but you watch it and you're like i don't really know what's going on i
0: know <laughs>
1: but but he uh he eats it up you yep. know with relish yes so yeah god good good stuff
0: yeah it's good stuff
1: um uh, he should be in frankenstein who could he play He'll play the Baron.
0: Ian McKellen. Oh, yeah, sure.
1: I'll tell you something. My son should be here, marrying this girl. Where, where am I? Is this a movie? Yes. Whatever. That would be great. Let's talk real fast before we wrap up about Frankenstein's being gay. Frankenstein's, dude, Frankenstein's gay. Oh, it's gay. <laughs> what do you think about that? After his death, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Everybody's gone back and just totally recontextualized everything um especially bright of frankenstein
0: that's what i've heard
1: about how it's all a metaphor and the monster as we he says in god and monsters it's like no the monster's noble you know the monster's right this sort of sad thing who can't get what get, get what he wants right i don't get it
0: <laughs> like
1: what do you think about that and um, as except for <laughs> i frankenstein is like the broiest <laughs> so clearly that, also Aaron heckhart Right. Not gay. No Homo Frankenstein. Right. No Homo Deus. Oh my gosh. Name of the show. Um, (laughs) Like, what do you think? Does that continue on into our modern view of the Frankenstein myth? Where are all the gay Frankenstein movies? Oh
0: my gosh. Um, I don't know that that really continues on. Um, It's not, you know, I would say in Frankenstein, the 1931 film, it's not necessarily super apparent. Um, He's got a friend. That's true. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) What's uh, he and Fritz getting up to? Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't know.
1: Um,
0: It it could be like, you know, Frankenstein is misunderstood. I mean, the creature is misunderstood and people are afraid of him. Um, I mean, I suppose that could be coded as people being homophobic um, and just not understanding of what it is to be gay and... um, seeing somebody as other than. um, I mean.
1: This is all pretty basic stuff, though.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: This isn't even like a tertiary thing, like vampirism is a virus to HIV to yada yada yada. Right. Going to make you like me. Right. Fabulous Uh. or whatever. (laughs) Like, it's really like this abject figure of the monster, which, again... I think it's there, but you have to dig... What I'm saying is, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Frankenstein. Am I not...
0: For the scientist? Um... No,
1: sorry. Nope, you got me. Okay. That was it. You got me. Okay. Good nerd work. For the monster.
0: Okay. Sure. No, I don't really either. I mean... Because I
1: see him as a... I don't know if this is a treatise by Shelley on criminality, but it's the same thing. Like, you think about a criminal. You're supposed to have empathy and sympathy for a criminal Mm -hmm. who in a lot of ways has been let down by society probably let down by um their rearing right but it's still a guy is breaking into my car you know what I mean
0: exactly that's
1: kind of how I view Frankenstein
0: yeah um and I know he didn't mean to kill that little girl but he still
1: (laughs) well that's
0: (laughs) and that was like a weird like it was almost like comedic at first or like you know and, and yet a little girl dies, so it's not that funny. I think
1: uh, undercranking was, wasn't was as funny to them as it was to us, yeah. maybe. No, mm-hmm. no, no. The Keystone Cops, though. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know why they, they do that, and then suddenly it's like, whoop, 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 It's like yes. all fast. He's like, i got to get out of here. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah.
0: Um, Where are my shoes?
1: My it, size 27 shoes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Um. Yeah, and then like he for some reason leaves Elizabeth alive. I don't know. Um but like you said that the happy couple has to get together at the end. So, um gay stuff. Yeah. Gay stuff. Um
1: Hit me with the gay stuff.
0: I don't know. Um Frankenstein like creates this creature but he doesn't try to understand him. And, um,
1: is there a thing just reaching, reaching way out here? Sure. But is there a thing with being rejected by your creator, aka your parents? Yeah. Or your father? Yes. For being different? I could see that. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm starting to tune in on this. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Plus, is a hunk.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know.
1: Um, <laughs> seen like Lagosi in, uh, or not Lagosi? um, karloff yes i mean he basically looks like that (laughs) they just put like a board on his head head.
0: yeah (laughs) i know uh i saw a picture of him too and i was like oh yeah
1: that's him yeah Yeah. okay kind of like when you see fred Gwynn without the uh the herman munster makeup (laughs) Great. yeah that's him exactly yep it's uh uh, 90 casting
0: yeah uh uh-huh
1: um i don't want to cut it short but i think we pretty much got it i mean anything else that you need to say about frankenstein
0: i don't think so um i don't know maybe there would be more gay coding in bride of frankenstein which i i haven't unfortunately i haven't seen um but i'm not sure i mean she as from what i know she rejects him at the altar or something like that she rejects him at some point
1: why is that gay i don't know okay cool (laughs) um all right i maybe i was looking in the wrong place but i I know that there are you can find you know people commenting and writing uh, literature about um the gay subtext in uh, frankenstein okay um but when i went to find internet scholarship about gods and monsters yeah nothing really so i don't know if it just 1998 there's internet but there isn't internet commentary so I don't know if it just sort of fell in the gutter as far as things that we look back on hmm. and just got missed. But, yeah, I was tearing myself up trying to because, you know, there's got to be some queer cinema blogger or something. Somebody has written about right. this film and couldn't find it. Oh, that's so no, weird. No, the, so the, the homework ate my dog on this one. <laughs> um, and if you look at reviews of Gods and Monsters of the Time, not yeah. great.
0: Oh, not okay. Great.
1: No, because it was the 90s and we weren't quite there yet. And like, the, like even the Rolling Stone review, which isn't like bad, but it has to start with, I bet you think this is that movie about how an old guy is trying to bang a, a young dude. Oh my God. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then it, basically the rest of the review is, it's not that bad. Ah! Maybe you'll want to see an old guy bang a young dude. Oh what my gosh. To? A really good review is the Guardians review. Okay. Um, which is just frank and open. It doesn't make a big deal, you know, it just tells it what it's about. I mean, it's about what it's about, but isn't like (laughs) trying to like nudge nudge you in the ribs about it. And it also brings a lot of, um, for me, uh, insights about the performance that McKellen is doing, about how, you know, his character is from like the Midlands or, you know, from Dudley or whatever. And so there are parts where his affected sort of poshness kind of falls away because he was this sort of scrappy kid from the north who gets some money and like a lot of there's a line in the movie about how like you know you Englishmen always know their place and if you forget there's someone to tell you right (laughs) and about how he's escaped to Hollywood to live this rich life that he never had you know but in his sort of um ruminative moments the accent kind of comes back and I I can't tell because I'm American you know they all just sound British to me but so yeah I would recommend like looking up the Guardian's review from 1998 about the movie it's a nice little essay on the film very cool Guardian good (laughs) Rolling Stone bad Bad. (laughs) Like an SNL sketch with like Venom uh and Frankenstein oh
0: my gosh. and Tom
1: Hardy. Yeah. And they're all wishing you a Rapply happy voice. Columbus Day. Yes. And you oh have to goodness. figure out which is which. <laughs> Frankenstein's like, Columbus bad. And Tom <laughs> Hardy's like, well, this is a lot of good points that Columbus discovered thing. And Frankenstein's like, you need to see a doctor. Seriously. <laughs> what is wrong? What's wrong? I know a doctor. Right. Your voice. I'm worried about you. <laughs> so uh, anyway, thanks for joining us for our spooky, our spooky show. Oh, that's right. I think next week. Yes. The man himself. Bella big Lugosi? big Drac. Yeah. Big Bela Lugosi. No, he's dead. Okay. I know that. I uh, heard a song. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, do Dracula next week.
0: All right. Sounds uh, good.
1: Let's talk about uh, Bela Lugosi. Um also I like this sort of classic film or at least uh postmodern commentary on classic film sort of connection. Mm-hmm. So let's let's watch uh, Bela Lugosi's uh, 1931 Todd Browning Dracula. Um and I want to watch Nosferatu. Okay. To see, you know, the uh, off-brand uh, generic sure. <laughs> Dracula. And then there's a great film from 2002, 2003 I think, okay. called Shadow of the Vampire. Which is about the making of Nosferatu. All right. Starring Willem Dafoe
0: Very as nice.
1: Max Schreck. Or is he?
0: Oh. So I'm
1: going to leave you with that. All right. Sounds Way good. Way to not verbally and boisterously sound interested, but no, just I ignore am you got to amp it up. You're on the air, baby.
0: Uh, it sounds interesting. So while
1: you work on that. I'd tell our audience to go to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those other places to find more information about us at Just Enough Trope That's Just Enough Trope on Twitter, Facebook, the usual. Join the conversation. Tell us what you think. Are we wrong? Is Frankenstein a masterpiece? Yes. How could it have lasted this long if it's not? Right. Or maybe it's just a meme. <laughs> <laughs> a meme. Hotline Bling. <laughs> Who knows? (laughs) Uh, But we want to hear from you, so check us out there. Also, you can find us on, let's go through the list, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM, I gotta check, but we should be on Spotify by now, but I will double check. Cool. Every day I find some new podcatcher. That's the new thing. Everybody thought, what's gonna be the next iTunes? Nothing. iTunes is iTunes. Now right. how do you get it? What's your app? Right. And I guarantee you we're on iTunes, so we're on all of those. So yes. you can always find us. But whenever you do find us, give us a review because we appreciate hearing from the fans. We'd like to know what you want us to cover next and how you think that we're doing. Clearly, you're already subscribed if you've got an app, so keep that up. And then give us a rating as well. If you give us a high rating, guess what? That's the best news that we can get. We move up in the ranks. We can reach... More people that way, and everybody gets what they want. So, to that end, give us five types of light or radiation that is higher than ultraviolet. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I know. Henry Frankenstein. Frankenstein. What?
0: Henry. Yes.
1: It's super ultraviolet. You didn't think I'd find that, did you?
0: What? What are you speaking of? I know
1: that it's. I, I like how Mary Shelley's like. I'm a pregnant 19-year-old. I don't know anything about science. Right. So she sort of elides over the science in the book, like, I don't want to share this, so you can't do it. Right. Nice, Mary. Nice one. Yes. Uh, something, something, something. We, life from death. Yeah. Uh, but And then in the film, like, yeah, we've kind of leaned into the whole, like, electricity and galvanism thing, but that really isn't until later. Like, it, they just kind of go, ah, oh, he goes up there and he comes back down. Yep. And then Henry's like, there's super ultraviolet rays.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know what he's you talking about. You are lost. Yes. You have derailed. Yes.
1: Bring it back, pal. <laughs> so we'll bring it back too. Just give give us five stars. We'd appreciate that. And that's it. Like I said, Dracula next week. Get your rented formal wear, your satin capes out, and your nice. best blah blah. And we'll join you next <laughs> uh back next uh, we'll join you here next Sunday for another show. Until then we're signing off. I'm your host Caliban. I'm
0: your co-host Mika Hanna.
1: Keep the Geek Fires burning.